Hello everyone, welcome to episode 46 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast that is so Warhammer that if you look closely, we're on the new map of the old world. True fact that. (laughs) I'm your host Matt and joining me as always, a guy who some people think that Play Garden is his autobiography. It's Cameron. How are you doing, mate? (laughs) Yes, I too wish to sink in the feckin' noisome mud of Nurgle's Garden. There's a little dry out for that, unfortunately. I have to empty the pool into the garden or something. Uh... <laughs> Be a beautiful. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's actually a, a cheeky little spoiler because we'll be talking about it later. Oh. Uh, talking about your autobiography. Um... <laughs> mm. So, yeah, here we are. Episode 46. What are we going to be talking about? Well, I said we'll be talking about all the lovely hobby stuff that we've been up to. Then get stuck into all that Warhammer news. And then for the main lore topic, we are indeed going into the Garden of Nurgle and discussing Play Garden and all the loveliness in that book. And then at the end, we'll have a 40k discussion topic where we'll basically give our predictions for the hopefully remaining Psychic Awakenings, whatever we may see, mm. the, i.e. the factions yeah. that haven't been touched yet, <laughs> basically. <laughs> So yeah. that is today's episode. Um, right, okay, let's just do a little bit of admin. Um, our, you know, tour, great tour converted on contest has now officially finished as of, I think, about five mm. days ago. Today's the yeah. 9th of February. So yeah, about five days ago, yeah. it all finished. We got some awesome entries in. So hopefully in the next day or so, I will be putting them up for a public vote on Twitter for about a week and obviously see who wins it and they'll be winning that lovely voucher and obviously eternal glory forever and ever um Mm. and (laughs) so big thank you to anyone that's entered that competition even if you obviously don't end up being the winner i said you've all done some amazing jobs and yeah um i mean to be fair by the time this episode goes out like i said there may be a bit of time for you to get a vote in but maybe not (laughs) again it depends when it goes out so but anyway it's again big thank you to anyone that's entered it because i said it's been it's been really awesome uh what else mm. uh anniversary episode so just again as a as a cheeky little reminder that next episode in a couple of weeks time after this one is going to be our second anniversary i know i know second anniversary already it's scary uh so as we previously alluded to we will be sort of basically doing an on the spot uh game storm is that is that how you could yeah. say it? yeah game storm yeah yeah, yeah. something I'll, like that yeah let's do that so that's that's what we're gonna say it is let's be cool and hip so it's a game storm <laughs> so basically we'll be uh, starting to design a uh a night dueling game for 40k mm. so that's basically what mm. we'll be doing let's do something a bit different um what else um also, yes, our mental health episode, special episode, is now out. We as I spoke about it last episode. Uh, that has gone down very well so far. Like I said, it's only as of this recording, it's only been out a few days, and the, I think mm. the people that have, that have given us a bit of feedback so far, have, you know, found it really helpful, um, which is absolutely amazing. You know, like I said, it was a, it was a, it was a great episode. It was you know to actually record. It was tough, mm. you know, because. Um, I, I, you know, myself, Cameron and, and Adrian, you know, did lay it down and, uh, you know, we're very, you know, frank about some of the issues that we deal with and obviously how that relates to the hobby. So like I said, mm. if you haven't checked that out, I recommend you do. I mean, again, it may not be for you and it may, you know, it won't be for everyone, but 
you know, it, it's definitely worth a listen, I believe. And I know we're biased, but because <laughs> we did it, but, <laughs> but it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it was a, it was a worthwhile thing to record. So hopefully you'll get something out of it if you do listen to it. Um, and as always, I said, if you want to sh- see how you can support us, uh, check us out on social media. Hey, give us a five star review on iTunes. We'll be your best pals. Uh, all the notes <laughs> for that will be down in the show notes in your podcast player of choice. Cool. Right. And again, in those notes, you can join our lovely free of charge Discord server uh, full of lovely, mm-hmm. awesome people. And we, hey, we get to talk about Warhammer even more. <laughs> <laughs> and if you choose to join our server, you can ask us a question and we then answer it on the episode. So this is today's question. And this comes from St- <laughs> Sadistic Sloth. Uh, and he says, <laughs> if all the Primarchs got put into a Hunger Games slash Battle Royale type situation, who do you think would come out on top and why? Now, the uh, thing I will add mm. to this, which was later down in the conversation, this is the like, basically their 30K version, so yeah. not current day, yeah. not in 4K, <laughs> so no no demon Primarchs or anything like that. So just, ah. you know, so basically pre-heresy, you know, just before it kicked off, so, uh, mm. you know, in their sort mm. of original states. So if, uh, if they had a fight... yeah. Who yeah. would come out on top? That's that's a good question. Mm. Um, especially because there's so many of them off the top of my head. <laughs> Ooh. Out of the eight, out of the eighteen potential candidates, I might go. I might go with like a top three. I think would win. I mean, okay. I, w- I want to put one out of the way immediately, which is Vulcan actually wins because he's perpetual and that's mm-hmm. cheating, which I think I saw brought up. Yeah. in the uh, <laughs> in the thread there. <laughs> like, no matter what, Vulcan will make it through. Mm-hmm. But, you know, m- multiple failure states. Maybe some of it will win while he's regenerating, quote-unquote. Um, so v- Vulcan's kind of the cheat vote, so he's not really there. I'm going to say, in no particular order, Corvus Corax, uh, because he is supremely stealthy and also a little bit psychic, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big advantage. Um, now, actually, here's a, here's a good point. Are we talking early 30k or... Or any point during the thirty k timeline. Uh, <laughs> well, that is I, that is that is not already demon Primark. Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I mean, there was no to that sort of level stipulation. I think it's yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, just thirty k in because I know that Logar really gets up there with the psychic powers at some point. Yeah, I would, I would where, say point I would, where he shows I, up, Magnus. I would say <laughs> keep it. Let's keep it pre pre heresy. So, okay, so before they yeah, start. Yeah. On that uh, dangerous path, let's let's you know. So mm. just as a you know, just as a great the Great Crusade version, yeah, you know, just at yeah. the start, okay, that sort of version I think is the best. No worries. Um, so yeah, so Corvus Corax, I'm going to say Alpharius for similar reasons in that a lot of the Primarchs are open to emotional manipulation, mm-hmm. uh, and Alpharius would be very good at that. And also, technically, fighting as a pair isn't cheating, I guess. So <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not as strong as the other Primarchs, but there's always two of them mm-hmm. without Fenris and Omegon. So, assuming they work together, who knows? They might work against each other. Um, <laughs> and then, honestly, I've got to give it to Magnus because none of the Primarchs are nulls or blunts or anything and don't mm-hmm. really have any way to resist the fact that this is the guy who just built a society using psychic powers and not much else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's the Crimson King for a reason, even before he ascends to demonhood. True. Very true. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it depends if you, if you 
I think you could probably put them into two groups. You've got the, mm. I suppose, the technical sort of <laughs> Primarchs, and then you've got the yeah. the rough and ready, you know, dirty mm. Primarchs. Primarchs. Yeah, yeah. So, so the technical <laughs> ones are like Vulcan, you know, perpetual, you know, mm. can that's a technicality. Um, you've got, I know, Sanguinius, you know, he's just an mm. excellent all rounder. He's got wings, you know, he can yeah. fly in and out. Yeah. Uh, again, like you said, Magnus, you know, one of the most powerful psychers around. Whereas then you've got, like I said, the the the, the brawlers. You've got Lehman Russ. You've got mm. Comrade Kurz. You've got Angron. For example, oh, you got you know, anger on. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's it'll be it would be. I think that's what it is. It's technique versus aggression. Mm. <laughs> I would say, yeah. And then you've got the other ones that probably wouldn't. You've got you know, like I can't see Gilliman. I mean, he's good, but I you know, unless he mm. unless he talks about um, things and you know maybe bores them to death. I don't know, but I don't think <laughs> that would probably work. Um, depends if Rogel Dawn brings his mustache or not. There's a lot of power in that mustache. So. <laughs> Yeah, is he allowed a shuffle? Uh. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll, uh, he'll take some people out with his uh, mustache comb. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. I think Khan would do all right. Um, you know, he's he's a you know again overall good fighter. Um, mm. He knows his stuff. Calm, you know, calm Khan at times. You yeah. know, he, he's yeah. sort of methodical with it. Um, L. Johnson, don't know. I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. I think he's a. He's again. He's in that Dawn Gilliman mm. sort of bracket where they yeah. sort of. I can't see them. I don't know unless they just use their tactics. So that's mm. how Gilliman could win. He'll just he'll tactic the hell out of the fight. Yeah. He'll just be he'll be just getting mm. in and out, ducking and weaving, not getting too <laughs> stuck in, and then you know, and then sort of let the others kill each other before, before he sort of steps in. But then again, to be felt, Alfaris and. Uh, Amagon could do that as well. You know, they sort of, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I, to be honest, I, I, I would love the winner just to be Comrade Kurz, to be honest. He just goes, just goes, you know, batshit crazy and just, (laughs) just just absolutely annihilates them. That would be hilarious. Mm. But I don't know. It's a tough one. There's a lot of scope, Mm. I think, with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the thing is they're, they're, I don't want to say they're pretty well balanced because there are definite, pairings where you can tell for sure who's going to win but in a situation where it's all of them in a big arena yeah it suddenly becomes a lot less clear yeah it's going to happen i think it'd be it'd be funny if it was like the royal rumble like in wrestling like they mm. they have to come down in order three two one <laughs> here's the first entry <laughs> it's oh, sanguineous that'd be hilarious yeah yeah Tur- no, style might be easy to do picks yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. of an angel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be amazing. Oh, It'd be brilliant. pretty good. Yeah. Let's, um, let's someone make that a video game because I know we've got a video mm, game mm. question to answer at some oh, point yeah. in the future. So, yeah, let, let that be. <laughs> Primark Battle Royale. <laughs> amazing. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your question. It's really good. I like that one. Cool. Mm. Right. Okie doke. Uh, I think it's that time, Cameron. I think it's time to get stuck into the hobby section. Yay. Yay. Woo, yeah. (laughs) Right, hobby section time. Cameron, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks, mate? 
All right. Uh, so la- last time I said I have a week before it's the end of the holiday, so I will get something done, and that was a lie. I didn't use any time <laughs> in that week. I've used some time in the last week. That's different. But yeah, I start. So I started work over the last week, and it's tiring to get back into it, but it's probably for the best. Um, there's bills continue to accrue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, essentially, I've done a bit more work on my castigator. Uh, so I finished p- painting and weathering and transferring onto the chest armor and the other shin guard, and I've glued those on. Um, I've done some more work on both the weapon arms, and I've touched up the vines growing all over it. Uh, they looked a little flat, so I uh, pulled out some Waywatcher green glaze. It's uh, mm. out of production now. If you don't, if you want it, I'm sorry, you can't have it. This is my Waywatcher green pot. <laughs> it's <I need> mine. It. <laughs> it's mine. It's so good. Uh, it it is really really good. And I mean, I could make it by thinning down contrast paints, but that's a lot of work. So I'm happy to have <laughs> this little pot that I can just use. Um, yeah, I use that to sort of to liven up all the various leaves and vines because they were, like I said, looking a little flat. Uh, and they're a lot greener now. They look a lot happier and healthier, and they really pop a lot more against the uh, the armor, which is good. Um, and then, yeah, I did some decals on the right shin guard and the chest plates. On the chest plates, I did like because uh, because it, it's two separate chest plates that make up each side of the uh, chest armor. Yeah, mm-hmm. the words difficult. Uh, you can look <laughs> up what a castigator looks like. You'll figure out what I mean. Um, and so I actually took one of the Imperial Knight transfer kits and took a pair of eagle wings off there and put one on either side uh and the one on the right has a big hole punched in it because i put holes in these armor plates and that was interesting figuring out how to do that uh i think in the end i put the transfer on over the hole varnished it down and then when it was all dry i used my hobby knife to cut it out of the hole (laughs) uh, effectively and then just weathered it to cover all that up um yeah but i'm really really happy with how these armor panels look in general like I'm learning a lot with weathering techniques here, and I'm practicing a lot, and I feel I'm getting a lot better, which is really nice. Um, Yeah. Um, The sword arm is, like, 80% painted. I've still got to, like, glue it all together and do the armor plate on it and everything, but once that's done, I'm going to be gluing it on. That'll be done. Um, The gun arm is going to take a while longer because it's really big and intimidating, (laughs) Um, (laughs) mostly. It's it's so big and heavy. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to um uh, epoxy that epoxy one down. It. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was looking for. I was gonna say glue, but better. But that's not the correct <laughs> terminology. But, that's their slogan. Glue, but better. Epoxy. Glue, uh, but better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that that one will have to be epoxied into place. So that's that's efforts for a later time. Um. So yeah, I don't have a whole bunch left to do. I've got to finish painting the head. I had got to start on the head as well. Um, I've got to finish painting the shoulder armor and the like rings that hold up the shoulder armor. And I've got to finish painting the weapons, but that's like more or less it. And then I've got to paint up a whole bunch of plant, extra plants to stick all over it. Um, honestly, the, I feel because this is going to be done relatively soon. Like I think over the next couple of weeks, I can probably get the painting on the night itself done. Mm-hmm. I feel like it'll take a good month or two months after that to do the base the way I want, because I have to get a bunch of stuff and work out a bunch of new techniques and practice them before I apply them to the base of the very big, very expensive model. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's probably going to take as long or longer than doing the actual night did. 
but you know that's that's how these things go. Um, however, you've got to add a little fun and love to any project, and so I found a spare night cockpit hatch from my very first night, actually, uh, with the big tree because I left the whole hatch open on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found a spare nurgling, which is the nurgling carrying another nurgling on his shoulders. Uh, and so now those two nurglings are surfboarding on that cockpit hatch and I'm going to have them riding the wave created by the night leaping out of the water, (laughs) Uh, some, somewhere on the base. I'll find, I'll find a spot where they fit sort of kind of as just like a little, a little color interest and a little like fun detail. Cause at the moment I like the base, but without the water there, it's super boring because it's just a big flat pool of green which is eventually going to be the water splashing everywhere and then there's just this big pillar of rock with some pipes sticking out of it (laughs) which is fine but you know i got to think forwards get some interest in the base get some more of those little details hanging around um i should try and find some fish looking to spare either the deepkin bits so i can have some fish in the waves and stuff as well Mm -hmm. but yeah again that's future that's future for when i've actually finished the model first (laughs) (laughs) we're getting there (laughs) <laughs> um, and that, that is the extent of my physical hobbying for this week, uh, this last two weeks is doing those armor panels and working on the Nurglings and the head a little bit and, and on the arms. I'm, I'm doing it bit by bit. We're nearly there. We're, it's, it's that stage where things are coming together really fast, but I've also got way less time than I usually have at this stage of the, of the project. So they're coming together really fast, like several days apart per part, okay. but yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for reading, I finished reading Wreck and Ruin by Danny Ware. Mm-hmm. Um, I quite liked it. It was quite fun. Um, again, Order of the Bloody Rose doing their thing. Um, I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much as the first one, but okay. it's still pretty good. And it's good to see like the squad and the characters within it evolving and growing over time over many more adventures. Uh, and you know, there's, it's specifically written with room for more stuff. And, okay. like, a growth to the overall storyline of this squad. So, either she's gunning for novella book three, uh, series three uh, book, which probably, or, I really hope, they just give her give her a proper novel. Yeah. Like, was, t- yeah. Take, what, take what we've built here and just toss that out into a full-blown novelization. I would love that. That'd be so good. Um, yeah, and then... I did some video games. Me. But these are, these are not irrelevant video games. These are relevant video games. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I played a little bit of Warhammer Quest 2 because um, mm-hmm. we got codes for that forever ago and we've just gotten around to actually installing and running it properly. <laughs> um, and I played through the intro dungeon thing and it was, it was fun. It's interesting. I don't have a ton of, like I said, I don't have a ton of time right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like something where I want to sit down and concentrate and yeah. apply my attention directly to it. So when I have when I have like a day to myself, I will sit down with that and try and figure out how deep it goes and how interesting it gets and see yeah. if, see if the story is any good because yeah. it seems interesting. It's it's pretty cool. So yeah, far. I mean, um, I I I, th- I think what we should do is that mm. I, I think we should do a almost like a video game sort of spe- you know spin off at some point because I think because we mm. you know we've been lucky mm. to get codes for a lot of these games and I suppose because you've now got. A laptop that can probably play some of these games now. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to my old computer, which could not. <laughs> exactly. So I think you know it'd be nice to almost sort of play catch up with some of these because there's some mm. that, like I said, War- yeah. Warhammer Quest Two, and and obviously what you're going you're to talk about Underworlds in a minute, and uh, mm. you know it'd be nice to actually sort of you know sort of do a, almost like a little review show. I think of some of these that have been yeah. out in the last sort of yeah. year or so that, like I said, we've 
you know, that we've been, you know, lucky enough to get the codes for, but not actually do a proper review because, mm. you know, time, mm. you know, and, and things like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you, you know, if you give your initial impressions of Underworlds, but I think what we'll do is we'll have a proper chat about it. Sort of maybe next episode, mm. If, mm. That, if you're cool with that. Cause yeah. I, yeah, I've, no, that I haven't, good. I've played a little bit of it, you know, same time as you, but I haven't properly delved into it so i don't want i want to sort of mm, almost like mm. you know if we play both play a bit more of it in the next couple of weeks yeah, and then we can yeah, sort absolutely. of talk about underworlds next week or next episode yeah. i should say i think that'd yeah, be a cool yeah. idea sounds good yeah um so in that vein i played warhammer underworlds it's in early access now <laughs> we've been given early access codes Yay. um and it's it's pretty much a direct transfer from the tabletop to a video game mm-hmm. um you can build your deck. I attempt to do this and my brain shut down because I, it was at the end of a long day. But if you want to, you can build and customize your deck properly. Uh, it's all season one stuff right now, mm-hmm. uh, including all the cards, I believe. But there's also just basic pre-built decks for every warband. Um, and it doesn't have every season one warband yet. So hold your horses. hold, <laughs> Hit the brakes, kids. It's just, um, it's just Steelheart's Champions... Ard Skulls Boys? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Sepulchral Guard and... Um, Magor's Fiends. Warriors. Magor's Fiends, that's the ones, yes. Yeah. Um, so I played a couple games against bots with the Iron Skulls Boys. Iron Skulls, not Ard Skulls. There we go. Uh, Iron Skulls Boys, and it's fun. Yeah, it, it is interesting to have, like, an animated visual version of a tabletop game. Um it goes a little slower simply because animations have to play, but I feel that's not necessarily a bad thing. It gives me a little more time to just appreciate the beautiful spectacle laid out in front of me, which is <laughs> a whole bunch of... It essentially looks like a whole bunch of little minis that have been pr- painted pretty well, running around, yelling and hacking at each other. Um, and it's relatively intuitive. A lot of stuff is drag and drop, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I'll like, like you said, I'll play some more of it and we'll come back with a more in-depth review later. But <laughs> as far as I can tell, it's just Underworlds, but on your computer, which yeah. is nice. And you can play, which means you can play with people not yeah. directly in front of you, which is helpful yeah. in a lot of cases. Well, especially for us when you're <laughs> oceans, literally oceans apart, <laughs> you can mm, actually play yeah. it together. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty much my hobby. I read Plague Garden again, but that's for today's episode, so mm. I don't know if that really counts. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's me. Uh, hobby will increase as I adjust to work schedule being different from last year. Um, I have, like, the same number of students, but they're spread out differently. Okay. And I've got a lot more 8 a.m.s in my life. But, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that's yeah. how it goes, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool oh that's right nice little mix you know bit of mm. bit of modeling bit of reading bit of video gaming yeah you know it's cool exactly yeah yeah nice okay right well before i get stuck into my hobby stuff we'll do our mm. hobby tip of the episode so this comes from uh how do you pronounce it hov sapien I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, apologies if i have butchered that uh <laughs> they say one simple but often overlooked tip that has helped me is always count the basing as part of a finished mini a fully painted mm-hmm. model with an unfinished base is slight uh, sorry significantly less pleasing to the eye as one with a completely textured base with a clean rim around the edge often models that might look just okay or might 
discourage a person look a great deal better once you base them if i'm using mm. sand to base i'll apply it before priming so it's already on the model before i start using any brushes the most time consuming part is done and it's more incentive to finish the base that's actually a very good point yeah i think that's actually a good yeah. one to yeah you know if you like like you said if you if you're doing like a sand base or something very i suppose basic in that sense then yeah just put it on there <laughs> and then effectively the primer will also help lock it in i suppose as well once mm, you've mm. done that as well but yeah i mean yeah, basing yeah i mean, I, mean it's, it, I suppose it, one thing i would say is uh, now i've come <laughs> back to the hobby basing is always a bit of a funny one for me because like i said when i was growing up mm. it was it was uh you know green goblin uh oh, sorry yeah, goblin green yeah. and then uh, uh flock that was it that was your basing mm, you didn't mm. <laughs> there's none of this extravagant stuff and te- <laughs> texture paints what is this oh. what are these kids oh, using these days mud in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's yeah. a fair point no, it, it, yeah it is a good point i would say even any basing is better than no basing um i know mm-hmm. for um for a few of my few of my plague marines they look fully painted. They're technically not. The basing isn't 100% done, but you can't tell from the tabletop level because <laughs> what I've cleverly done is applied Militarum Green and Wildwood contrast paints so as to mimic my mud and slime basing oh. technique and also and also to mark out where I'll put it when I actually get more texture paints, <laughs> um, when I get around to getting more of that. Um, and yeah, like a lot of... I've, I've found myself more and more and more as I do more nights, I'm doing the base earlier and earlier and earlier in every project. Okay. Like just, just getting color on there and getting the rim painted in a good contrast and color, which is usually black for me really helps me keep focus and almost keep motivated. Cause a lot of times if I look at, look at a night, like I've done it enough to be, have the skeleton stuck on the base, but I'm still doing all the armor panels and I'm sticking it on to see how they fit. And they're all white or gray or bone colored, depending on what I primed with. And then the base is also like a light color with no other coloration on it. It just completely distracts my eye and I can't focus on the model properly. Um, which is why one of the first things I did with my current castigator was like i i got to doing some of the basic colors on the body and then i stopped i painted the rim of the base i put texture paint over the bits of dirt and like actual solid soil that were there and then i used contrast paints to cover the whole thing so there's just color for the actual model to contrast against immediately Mm -hmm. um because a big part of painting a model is you can do the base afterwards and, con- and change up how the base looks to fit in the model, or you can do the base first and make sure the model fits the base. Either way, like, but it gives you something to work against. I feel help. It, it's helpful for me at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. No, I think I think you know, basing in general is important to some people and not to others. So I think you will always get that to a degree, and mm, I think mm. it's you know, I think. It, <laughs> You know, it's worth putting the effort in, but at the same time, mm. I think it's just putting mm. in enough effort. See what I mean? Like, I yeah. think you yeah. don't need to go crazy. Just, to, but you know, having a no. consistent basing technique is never a bad thing. Mm. And like I said, it can really Although, finish mint models off. I have seen this one guy on Reddit who I absolutely love because he was tired of his basing schemes never matching tables he played on. So his solution was he tore his whole, I think it was a Tau army, off their pre-made bases and everything that he'd done. Lovely bases. And he printed out or cut out a whole bunch of clear plastic circles in the correct base size Mm -hmm. and stuck them on. And now his base, as long as he's playing over a colored or, like, painted mat, 
or whatever, his basing perfectly matches wherever he is. <laughs> yeah. And it actually looks fine, honestly. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think it is consistency of the basing across the project mm-hmm. is what really matters yeah. rather than specifically what the base is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good thing out there again with the internet. There's so much inspiration out there. There's so many, almost every week there's a new basing mm. idea or technique that someone's come up with. Oh, yeah. they think, oh my God, that yeah. looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, but thank you very much for that hobby tip. Right. Okay. So mm. I will get stuck into what I've been up to. Um, yeah. Great. How many days is it now? Well, that's the thing, <laughs> isn't it? It's, I think I'm up to 38 now. Wow. Um, 38 wow. days straight of doing hobby stuff. I've, done, I've probably done more, like I said, in the last, than the probably last couple of years, <laughs> I would say. I've absolutely <laughs> just, you know, getting on it. Um, my build-a-thon is doing well. I'm, I'm just waiting yeah. for the weather to get better because, again, it's sort of, you know, there's literally the remnants of a storm out there at the moment. So priming is a bit mm. off the, uh, off the, <laughs> off the, uh, uh, the plan now but yeah i've like i said i've i'm just getting through things so i've uh, mm. for my i think last episode i was talking about my gray knights and so i've carried yep. on with them so i've finished the last of the paladin so basically at some point i've had two paladin boxes so you know two times five and uh so basically three mm. of them have become elites slash characters so one became a chaplain um ages yeah. ago one became an ancient so the one with the banner and then one became an apothecary so basically the other seven of are now a squad ideally i'd want 10 but that's just because like i said I, yeah. i've used some up so for other things so <laughs> but i've got seven the, the two spare i had from that first box i i've just given them the heavy weapons so they're basically they're ready and then the other mm-hmm. sort of five i've turned into you know basically built with a normal sort of weapon so yeah. uh one so we got the uh what's it the, the paragon which is like their sergeant equivalent he's mm-hmm. he's wielding a hammer obviously uh putting yep, a staving ward and then three halberds so yeah mm. they're looking really nice so as a squad of seven obviously that's in addition to like i said i've got voldus already built last year sometime uh and then also yeah. i then that took a, a fair bit of time because I was quite busy that week. So I was sort of, again, the good thing is I was just doing a little bit every night, you know, working away at these paladins. Uh, and then one evening I decided to take my Death Watch Venerable Dreadnought and he decided to switch allegiances mm. within the <laughs> within the Imperium. He goes, you know what? I'm going to be a Grey Knight <laughs> Venerable Dreadnought. Mm. I think mm. this is more handy. They're more in, in need. So so what I did is... They can teach like, me to shoot through buildings. Well, exactly. They've got Astrolane, <laughs> which, you know, is one of the, the main reasons to to take one. So, yeah, so I took mm. my Death Watch Ven Dread, which is on with Twin Last Cannon and uh, Missile Launcher. Uh, the good thing is it didn't take much to sort of convert him over because I'd put a little bit of Death Watch iconography on him, so I just yeah ripped it off. <laughs> um, and then the, mm. the, the challenging, well, what was going to be a challenging part was the head because obviously I, I built the Venerable Dreadnought where you've got literally mm. a Space Marine head in the sarcophagus at the front. So yeah. I was like, mm, it's a Death Watch head. Mm. Luckily, obviously <laughs> the 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 sort of I don't know the panel that that holds it in uh, came mm. away quite easily. Obviously, I didn't obviously glue it as well as I thought originally, which is in mm. this in hindsight was a good thing. So I took the <laughs> took the front <laughs> panel off, which left the head. Unfortunately, the head was really 
properly glued in. So yeah. with a combination of a hobby knife and clippers, I literally, honestly, you would you would have wanted to have turned away, Cameron. It was not a sight <laughs> to behold. You know, this this head was butchered. It was just like I was just cutting away at this head, like mm. bit by bit. But also trying not to damage the area around it. And, you know, yeah. then I sort of, once I clipped away as much as I could, I was there hacking away with the hobby knife. Honestly, it was like a horror film. Like, you know, it was, <laughs> I was waiting for the screams to happen to the point that my, I, I snapped my blade on the hobby, like, hobby knife, like snapped right in the middle of it. So I uh, had to mm. clean that away, but yeah, eventually cleared it away. And then I just glued a, yeah. a normal gray night head in there as well. Put the, put the, uh, the front panel back. And then basically I've just given him loads of, books and purity seals mm. and you know use one of the yeah. paladin sort of things that go you know the, the little book things that go on top of them on the top as well yeah, so right yeah. right so I, I have one important question he's got a twin laz and missile launcher right mm. yep how how does he read the books oh he he's got a, <laughs> a little um a little servitor that sort of uh, ah, you know perfect obviously quite a, quite a tall servitor because obviously yeah. you don't want to keep bending over to sort of look down at the book um, had their legs replaced with a step ladder yeah exactly <laughs> I, 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 to be honest i think to be honest he does he, he i'm i haven't spoken to the dreadnought but i presume if i did he would say it's probably for show um i don't mm. think he's much of a mm. reader he's more of a shooter Books are for other people to read yeah exactly <laughs> he's done he's more about purging and um killing demons that's more of his sort of thing really um mm. you know he's more of an action guy rather than a than a <laughs> than a bookworm really so um you know he, he's fine uh, he's just trying to, he's trying to look the part yeah. well again he's effectively he's dressed up because he he, he was dressed up mm. as the death watch Ven, yeah. venerable dread and he's like oh 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 no i'm a gray knight today so he's like oh better put some books on this will look good um so yeah he's now switch allegiances and you wouldn't even know so he's done mm, and the cool yeah. thing about that is now i'm just shy of a thousand points of gray knights um nice. by doing this and so if you add to what i've done recently where i'm now up to 1500 built of more tribes i've got almost well give about a thousand of of uh, nurgle i've it, it depends because i've got mm. like some slaves of dark to darkness stuff to that can sort of jump in you know, to t- tip it up to a thousand points, and then, yeah. and I said, "Great night." So I've, like, I've, you know, these armies are coming along now. I've actually got them built, and you know, to actually get them playing. Um, so which is really cool. Mm. Um, talking of more tribes, I I built, um, finished yesterday the Great Moor Pot. That's a really nice thing to build. Went yeah. really nice, well together, minimal sort of uh, clean up because uh, I think they're made in China, as far as I know. Mm. The um, mm. obviously the scenery the type, pieces. the train pieces, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, you know, but no, it, it, it went well together, you know, so no, it's a, it's a lovely mm. bit of kit. So that's that built as well. So yeah, ticking along really. Um, I'm, I'm sort of in two minds what to do my Nurgle stuff at the ready, cause that's the one I want to mainly focus on in general, but I'm in sort of limbo. I'm in sort of, I don't mm. know, army buying paralysis, if that's a thing. Yeah. You know, when you sort of yeah. like, well, I've got this much of an army and I want to expand it, but you don't really know what to put into it that's sort of where i'm at mm. with my nurgle mm. stuff i've got like 15 blight kings i've got got rot spume and you know lord yep. of plagues i've got a sorcerer mm. uh so i've got the base of a you know of a, a so I, I like the mortal nurgle side yeah. of things so yeah you know but again i've got other things i've got like uh you know a sorcerer on a manticore i've got a demon prince uh you know such like so i've got a few of those sort of bits mm. i just sort of i i want a few other nurgle bits but i don't know what to chuck in 
to be honest. I want to sort yeah, of, I wish, yeah. I know it sounds silly, I wish there was more troops I could choose from because mm. at the moment I could, I could get a load of plague bearers, but you have to get a load of them and I don't really want to get a load of them yeah. particularly. Yeah. Um, you got like the, what they called like the Lord of Affliction and the, 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 mm. the Puscoil uh, ones. But yeah. again, they're not amazing. I don't know. It's sort of, I'm trying to find something that's de- decent for the tabletop that I like as well. I'm sort of in that sort of yeah. limbo yeah. really, but I'm sure I'll, I'll buy something that'll, oh, uh, yeah. that'll yeah. take my, find take, something. yeah, it'll <laughs> take my fancy. So, but yes, there are all three armies are coming along nicely, really. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so I, 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 I'm sort of. It's nice. Oh, sorry, it's been nice jumping between the, the three of them at the moment. Um, you know, it's been nice to sort of just because I've been purely building and building's great, mm. but then it also can get a bit monotonous sometimes when you sort of like, yeah. every, you know, I want to break because I really do want to start painting these again. I'm just waiting for the weather to get a little bit better so I can mm. sort of prime them. Um, but I think my next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to work on my slaughter master as in I'm going to put that and convert and kit bash a slaughter master for my ogres. Um, I've got, well, we'll see what comes of this, but. You know, my mate Martin uh, got off Amazon these little toy cauldrons because obviously we need uh, a, a cauldron for a slaughtermaster. It's I think in, in in reality they're made for Halloween. They're like little yeah, little yeah. pots that you would you know for to put little sweets in. Uh, the only snag mm, with it mm. is it's a bit too big. You know, when especially when you put it on the uh, base. Yeah. Like, so I'm going to have to sort of downsize it. So I'm just going to go through all the millions of ogre sprues that I've got and bits that I've got left <laughs> over and just, yeah, mm. just make a slaughtermaster out of it. I don't know I what. I think that'll work, yeah. Yeah. you got enough bits. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'll, I'll, I'll do something. But So I think this next week is going to be a more of a creative week <laughs> mm. <laughs> when it comes yeah, to, to this. But that'll be my next one. Because um, I'm, it's, I'm, it's sad to say, and I never thought I'd say this, I'm actually starting to run out of models. To build, oh, like, no. I never. I'm actually, I mean, don't get me wrong. I my I have still got plenty of other stuff in my backlog, but they're more for future mm. projects, not the ones that I'm mentioning at the moment. Like I don't yeah, have any yeah. apart from me building this um, slaughtermaster. I don't have any more ogres. I don't own any more to bit. Sorry, mm. tell a lie. Mm. I do have the feast of bones ones, but I don't oh. need those. <laughs> like they're not necessary for the rest of this. I need to actually buy some mm. iron guts and things like that. So. Uh, you know, and again, like I said, my Nurgle stuff, I'm sort of not sure what to get next. So again, I've got nothing else to build (laughs) with them. Um, and then with the gray knights, again, I, apart from a, uh, dread knight, again, that's the only other thing I've got for them. So I'd actually, so I actually Mm. need to start buying. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. So, which I never thought I'd say, uh, and actually, actually talking of buying stuff, I, not that I have my hands on it yet, because, uh, again, I got mm. asked Martin to grab it at the local store. But, yeah, I've got the worm spat mm. on the way. Nice. So he grabbed that yesterday nice. for me. So when I see him at work tomorrow, I will mm. be getting that as a warband. So, again, um, it's main. Uh, it's twofold, really. I, obviously, I want it for Underworlds. Um, mm. uh, what's cool, we've got, we're away for work training soon. So we'll be taking Underworlds with us to play when we're in the oh, hotel. lovely. Which is yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, also, I want it, for, again, I want it for my Nurgle army you know mm, just as a something yeah. else to include They're really honestly quite good yeah as far as i can see yeah the rules aren't for bad like, for your points cost yeah not bad at all no not at all and yeah. and it fits in with the theme i am doing you know mortal nurgle mm. so it would it fits lovely really because it's all blight kings basically so yeah so it's yeah they've mm. so yeah it's honestly this this approach of working on a bit every day and you know i said i've done 38 yeah. days in a row is definitely it's paying off mm. <laughs> things are getting done so 
Uh, so the backlog is getting smaller, which is something I never mm. thought I'd say. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I know, it's scary. So lastly, uh, reading-wise, again, like you, obviously I've read Play Garden for this episode. Uh, I've got two, two more audio books. Uh, one I've started, well, one I was in starting, but then obviously I've switched to Play Garden for this episode. But I had started Dark Harvest, which is the uh, AOS horror mm. by Josh Reynolds. Um, I'm really hopeful for this one. Again, I'm only, you know, mm. 45 minutes in, or one hour or so, so it's a bit early days to say, but I'm really hopeful for this novel. I think it's going to be really good. And and the other one mm. I got but haven't started is Fist of the Imperium, which is the next Space Marine Conquest one based around yeah. Imperial Fists, about a librarian mm. and I think having to deal with gene stealer cults, I believe, is the sort of main yeah, main thing of the book. Correctly. Yeah, I, I, think like I think it's something like that. So, yeah, again, not started it yet, but I will hopefully get around to it soon. So, yeah, um, I must admit, I need to I need to up my reading, actually. I feel like I don't read as much as I do. But then that's because I'm too busy mm. building models. Oh, God. It's like a this <laughs> hobby. It's like <laughs> so much to do. <laughs> so, uh, so much to do, so much yeah, to see. Exactly. That's it. It's all too much goodness to get around to. No, but I think, like you know, uh, X amount of months ago, I'd be doing more reading than building. So it's sort mm, of because I would yeah. whereas now no, it's I'm good. Yeah. So it's just switched a bit. So my reading is sort of obviously takes a little bit of a hit because of time and responsibility. So mm. cool. Okay. Well, that's been my hobby section and I think it's now time to take a break. And when we return, let's get stuck into all that gorgeous Warhammer news back soon. Right, news time, and, mm-hmm. and it's, a, it's a funny one, actually, because it seems to be that most of the news over the last couple of weeks is more towards the other stuff as opposed to the two mainstream games. So there's not, mm. <laughs> not a massive mm. amount of 40K <laughs> and AOS news and a load of everything else, <laughs> which is quite yeah. nice, but that's the way I think the news circle works now with their release schedule. Yeah. Really. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, it's going to get... It's going to get busy in Age of Sigmar in the next, I'm going to assume, month. Yes. <laughs> it's going to get really busy. Exactly. I mean, we've got, well, actually, one thing I will say is that people have spotted that the Seraphon Battle Tome is no longer available. Mm. So that yeah. is imminent. That is, that it must be within the next few weeks, I imagine. So it's oh, not, yeah. nothing been announced, but we know it's coming. So, And then obviously we've got the uh, the Realm Lords in spring so yeah i think you're right <laughs> it's gonna get aos crazy eventually so but uh whoa so uh but let's talk about 40k first mm. okay mm. so as of yesterday the 8th of feb the uh the next psychic awakening book has gone up for pre-order that's the greater yep. good so that is mm-hmm, the tau mm-hmm. gene stealer cults and astra militarum, astra militarum. yeah that, that people forget about because I think, yeah, I, think wow. <laughs> I think we did even on our Discord, didn't we? People were like, well, what was what's the yeah. third faction in this one? It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Militarum. Yeah. Which is a shame, because they're getting a pretty decent update overall, apparently. Because mm. um, Militarum Tempestus has basically been overhauled into a whole army. Yeah, <laughs> like, it has. They, they got all kinds of different regiments and everything to choose from. It's pretty interesting, mm. actually. And I think you can um, build your own regiment, can't you? Isn't that a thing mm. you can design a bit like the successor chapters? You can yes, design your own yes. regiment or something. 
I think. Yes, uh, which is also available for the Tau. I think it might be available for Gene Steeler Colts. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, I haven't seen a ton from the Gene Steeler Colts in this, actually. But um, no. all the Tau stuff seems really, really cool, mm-hmm. actually. Um, they got they got the better version of the Tyranid weird thing that came in um, Blood of Baal, or whatever it was called. Um, yeah. Where you can give up a Warlord trait to get a, a basically an extra rule on a unit. The Tau have prototype weapons where you mm. can give up a Warlord trait or use a... Um, well, no, it's not It's not you give a Warlord trait. It's you give up a Relic to mm. give a unit a set of prototype weapons. And there's lots of really interesting things there. Yeah. I've um, been watching some tabletop tactics and <laughs> seeing what's new with the Tau. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Mm. Like um, broadsides with railguns are really good with a particular prototype weapon, apparently. Which is quite good, actually, because I think the default for broadside is a- for ages has been, has been missiles, basically. Not mm. not not many people yeah. take railguns as, as the def- that's sort of the second choice out of the two yeah, main. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas that's nice, because the railgun looks awesome, you know, as, oh, a, as yeah. a model. I think it's the Classic. better of the two, but obviously, like I said, mm. meta-wise, most people will go for, the, uh, for missiles over it, so... You know, mm, it's sort of mm. not again. This is that. That's what I think. This any of the games are always craving out for. Uh, you know, there's. Yeah. I mean, it depends what sort of player you are, but it's lovely way to have the options where you're not going. Oh well, I've got this unit. I must take this because. Well, you don't mm. have to, but you're sort of. You know, you're basically going to make the unit potentially uh, potentially underperform because you think. Oh well, mm. you know, I. You mm. know, if you go, oh, I want the railgun. You know. I pre this book, you well no yeah. you wouldn't you would take the missiles it's just by far the better choice whereas oh, now yeah. if they if yeah. now you got well you know okay you know yeah, maybe yeah. I can go for the other one then mm. cool you know then rule of cool and something that's efficient on the tabletop you know best of mm. both worlds mm. really so I no, mean, it's very, yeah. very exciting they're they're learning how to fix the heavy weapons which is just if it's a d6 damage weapon make it have a minimum damage there so the the prototype railgun is uh it's d6 damage but a one or a two is a three yeah so it's three two six mm-hmm. basically which is nice yeah exactly uh, and then you do that do that for the night desecrator and engine wars please yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, what, and i saw one isn't there one where it makes all random shots Heavy weapons, the the maximum, isn't there? There's one where if it, let's um, say it was heavy, yeah, that's, D6. A, that's a stratagem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's um, really cool. Yeah, and that's for the really big battle suit. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but oh, basically the it's the one that can take. Yeah, it's the one that can take the big flamethrower. Mm. Which, if you use that, you can just walk forward and get. I think it's a three d six flamethrower, so you can get a good eighteen auto hits. Yeah. With, for, for a command point, it's not bad at all. Yeah, no. there, there's some really good stuff. Yeah, yeah I think I think that works <laughs> on the Riptides as well. I think they've got. I think again, I, I think I'm right that the the ion weapons that you can take, which again is not mm. necessarily their first choice from memory. You know, not no. the, the usual one. Yeah. Again, they're heavy D six. So again, that would be mm. become automatically mm. six. So no, I think yeah, cool, some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I I bet like you. I, I just need to. I need to watch some bat raps. I haven't really. I've sort mm. of. I've skimmed some of the things, so I, n- none, uh, of this, yeah. none of their stuff has, you know, gone into my brain yet. So <laughs> I'm uh, playing catch you up. Can, <laughs> you can get to, you can get some good combos. I think the one I saw was add six inches to the range of assault and rapid fire weapons, and mm-hmm. then or or just assault weapons, and then all burst cannons gain AP negative one, which 
And then they just took a bunch of burst cannons and went nuts, uh, <laughs> which was pretty good, honestly. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- th- you can do a lot of fun stuff with Tau for sure. Mm. Uh, some decent stuff with Astro Militarum and Gene Steel Cults. I haven't heard anything of. No, <laughs> no. Um, but talking to Gene Steel Cults, actually, no. Sorry, mm. let's let's switch back. Actually, we got because um, we haven't mentioned um, Shadow Sun because uh, obviously, mm. as part of this, Shadow Sun is now up for pre-order as well. She's looking yes. fantastic. Again, I oh, yes. I really want to get her just because I like her as a character, and I think that model mm. is awesome. Mm. So, yep, she's up for pre-order, yeah. um, along with the book, The Greater Good. But uh, yeah, sorry, switching mm. back to Genius of the Occults, uh, and again, also <laughs> up for pre-order is they've revealed at last to start a collecting box for him as well. Yay! Very yeah. decent as well. So, what have mm. we got in it? Was so it, we've it's an icon ward for the yeah. character, mm-hmm. and then ten acolytes. Uh, off the top of my head, five five acolyte hybrids, five acolytes, ten ah, neophyte hybrids, ten neophytes, and then there an Achilles go. Ridge Runner. So yeah, you want to go not. Mad Max? Yeah, so. <laughs> honestly, I'm not sure how competitive all that is, but I know people like acolytes, and yeah. I know the Ridge Runner is a cool model. Mm. At least I'm not sure how effective it is. <laughs> yes, I mean I don't, I don't know enough about them rules wise to sort of comment, mm. but I, but it looks well rounded. I mean, oh yeah, you know, and again, it's always nice to have a start class. You know, I, I'm I'm a big mm. advocate of of every army, you know, within reason having yeah. a start collecting oh. box. And I'm still waiting know, for start collecting chaos knights, but okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I know there's still some that you know that it, it's a bit of a struggle to get them. Like I know this is mm. um, more AOS, but like with Daughters of Cain, I think that's going to be a I yeah. don't know if we're ever going to see one because, again, I think I don't think they've got the range mm. of units to to make that economical. And yeah, yeah. But you know, again, it's great that because I, I always find that with start collecting boxes, they always tend to throw them out out of nowhere. Like when we do you remember when we mm. saw like the Thousand Suns one a little while ago, yeah. and then again in just AOS with Deep King and <laughs> and Matt, you know, the Nurgle stuff. So it's yeah, they just mm. like throwing them out. <laughs> it's like here you go, Ta-da! yeah. yeah. And it's like, yes, excellent, cheaper models. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's cool. Right, okay. So that's 40K. Uh, so let's switch mm-hmm, over to mm-hmm. uh, AOS. And the only real significant one is that, as of yesterday, Wrath of the Everchosen is now out, which mm. I must admit I'm really excited for because on for many reasons. I I think that, A, I'm, we, I definitely think we need to cover it on the show from a lore perspective, because mm. from what I'm yeah. getting, there's a lot of tasty lore, you know, I mean, and let's mm-hmm. be honest, Archeon, you know, Catacross <laughs> showdown. Sounds yeah, amazing. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually from, from the rest of the book, like the fact you get siege rules. I love the fact you mm. can now take a mixed demon, you know, the Legion of the chaos ascendant, I believe it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I must be, that's even tempting me as a, you know, from an actual army <laughs> perspective in the future, there's something that's sort of making me think that'd be quite cool. I'm just trying to sort of, along with other people online, I'm trying to sort of see where the, cool combos may be or may not be I yeah. it's one of those where yeah. it's, it's a bit quiet like you know you often when something new comes out um people are like yeah you could try this and that i'm finding that when with the chaos ascendant there's not many ideas coming forward and it could be mm. one of two things that people are still trying to get their head around it or b there isn't many good combos <laughs> it's just you know it's just one of those yeah one of those yeah. things i don't know at this stage i think it it's can... a, bit, a bit early yeah it can also be like with chaos, people tend collect tend to collect 
a god. Mm. <laughs> like, That's true. a lot of people just don't have the demons for a mixed demon army, mm. I would say. No. That's yeah. no, that's that's a fair point, I, and I, I I suppose as well that it yeah I suppose it depends if you want to use it to, which I think is the appeal is to pick the the demons that you like you know it's almost cherry pick mm. the ones like ah yes mm. I can throw these again it's whether it's I think narratively it'd be cool which I suppose is the focus of the book it's not really even though there's match play stuff in there it's not I don't think it's what well, I'd say a competitive book it's more of a just a cool there's some rules to. You know, yeah. here's some new sub-factions yeah. for all the Chaos uh, factions, you know, particularly Nurgle, thank goodness. It's got mm. four of them. And, you know, there's some Sinesh ones, etc. Um, yeah. But I think, I, I, lo- I love the idea of the, um, what's it called, the Legion of the First Prince, which is the Bellacore one. I think that's a really mm. cool idea. Whether how it would work on the tabletop, I'm looking forward to seeing some bat reps to see, because it's got some real funky rules in there, but I don't know if they're going to yeah. be more hassled <laughs> than they're worth. And mm. I don't know. But I think narratively i think that's a fantastic idea you know where the, oh, the, yeah. the very Super first cool. you know the mortal that became you know became a demon prince has his own army which you know makes a lot of sense so no mm. i think it's it's one of those where i'm you know looking forward to getting it at some point just for just for the law just for all these you know these funky rules that yeah. come in with it and yeah. and hopefully we'll see more of this you know more narrative mm. campaign books with you know funky new new rules really um but we'll see we'll see it's uh mm. but yeah you can you can buy it now it's out now hooray hooray right cameron let's let's jump on to the other stuff because there's a lot of other stuff <laughs> yes rather a lot mm, yes so the underworld war bands are now out either the two ones that were up for pre-order which is obviously the worm spot which we spoke about earlier and obviously the more tra- well the ogre one the uh so the man trappers yeah. one all right now. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. cool. Awesome. Excellent. Cool. Um, There's finally my... a plastic icebrow hunter available. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I've, I've seen some actually really good uh, kit bashing as well, because I think for, mm. for some people, the ogre's head and face was a bit debatable. Not everyone was sold on yeah. it. Whereas I've seen yeah. people just doing simple stuff by putting like a uh, Mornfang rider's helmet, mm. you know, on it instead. Mm. And yeah, just a simple thing like that can really make the difference. So um, oh, yeah. I think we'll see we'll see more of that as well. Um, but I was, I was saying with a lot of the new this other news that of you know for the other the, the specialist games that are out, a lot of this came out and it felt like it came out of nowhere. I, I must admit because one of, <laughs> a lot of this news came out in the Nuremberg is it Toy Fair? I think that's what it what it's called. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, again, wasn't really paying attention. It was like <laughs> come back from a, a day trip at work, and it's like, oh, look, here's, some <laughs> here's all these mm. news. And so uh, let's start with Aeronautica Imperialis. So they've they've uh, shown off the next uh, next sort of set, which is called uh, Skies of Fire, and comes with a new yep. book called the Taros Air War. So this is basically Militarum versus the Tau. And I yes. must admit, very excited about this. Uh, oh yeah i love tau fighters i love i've, I've always liked the aesthetic more than the other stuff and mm. i'm very tempted to grab some of these because they look really cool and I'm oh yeah glad they're they expanding look so good mm. um have you ever played it yet uh, i still not have played imperialis unfortunately i've heard nothing but good things i should point mm. out apparently yeah. apparently it's fantastic but yeah i've just not had the chance mm. yeah 
That's fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I We were going to play it at Warhammer World at our last meetup, but we ended up playing other games. And I own the mm. starter set, the first one, because I got it incredibly cheap on eBay. Uh, but again, yeah. it's just one of those where <laughs> I haven't dug it out because <laughs> I've not had a reason to yet. Um, but I, mm. I'm, again, like we say with a lot of these specialist games, I love the fact of how much they're supporting it. And again, it's it's now, I think, another thing where they can sort of end up sort of, you know, putting the the um what's it called the, the you know the, the, the options you can have you know where you yeah. know for some people you know i think the same for me with like aeronautica it's like oh that looks cool but no you know the mm. you know the factions weren't like i don't want to do an orc fleet or anything like that where it's like oh tau yeah i'm on board for that <laughs> so i think you know the again the more diverse they make the factions the mm. you may get you know new players will naturally come in oh yeah so yeah. i think that's really encouraging uh just waiting for Tyranids to come in. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, it'll be beautiful. It will, but I, th- I can see it happening. I think they, they, it shows they're they're supporting it a lot, so I, I wouldn't. Uh, mm. Oh I'm yeah, not expect to see that. Right. Okay. Um, let's jump to the Underhive Necromunda. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Right. So again, in the same thing, they showed off the House of Chains and some Stimmer yes. models. Which so basically, I think. Yeah. This, from what I understand, is now that obviously they've done a recent new box set or starter set for Necromunda, um, I think now they're going to go through the houses again and basically Mm. add Mm. sort of, I suppose, specialists to these. So, you know, obviously all the main houses have their own gang kits that you can buy and have been out for a while. And obviously they've added things like the Palanite Enforcers and the Corpse Grinder uh, cults etc mm. so whereas i think now again they're going back to you know they're sort of now in the next part of the cycle so now starting with the house goliath again is mm. here's a new book mm. here's some new units and then they'll probably go to house escher and then you know and yeah and warlock and, and, and such like yeah. so i think again i think that's, yeah. that's a good way of doing it again it keeps it yeah it freshens yeah. it up but it's mm. not it Which, doesn't bombard people as well yeah and I, I think this was technically always the plan. It just took mm. so long. Some people thought maybe they weren't going to do that. Because <laughs> um, it's been, what, a couple of years since they redid Necromunda to start with? Yes. Longer I than think, that. Even, yeah, I think longer. Maybe. I think 16, 17, I'd say. Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been a fair while. So they've been working at, working at it and getting the gangs out bit by bit. And mm. now they finally apparently have enough to start adding more in and yeah. what they're adding looks really cool so we mm. got like you said we got the stimmers which are the essentially sort of big overbuffed uh, guys <laughs> for goliath <laughs> yeah. they are they they look really freakish actually they look almost like a little stretched in how tall they are i'd say and they are just <laughs> yeah they're just big big chunky angry boys and there's also another set which is like the not juves but there's like the little slim people who haven't been fully roided out yet who've got all the heavy weaponry <laughs> hmm. uh, which an interesting choice to have them carry it um <laughs> yeah <laughs> true true but uh no I, th- I think it's good i think it you know again it's, mm. it's great to see the sport again it's some cool new models and i suppose it's good if yeah. you're in if you know house goliath and and the normal gangs are your um your thing then again it feels like ah oh, great it's getting a bit of a freshen mm. up now, because obviously, the, like I said, the enforcers and the corpse grinders have had a lot of attention recently in yeah. Necromunda. So, yeah. whereas I suppose if you were a, a Goliath um, player, which you know came with it came with the original box set, you know you can be sort of mm. twiddling your thumbs for a bit, <laughs> waiting for that. So, no, I think that's really encouraging. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. 
Right, uh, what's next? Uh, let's go to Titanicus. So, mm. right, okay, this is, again, getting a lot of good attention here. So we've got a new starter set, which, uh, again, went up for pre-order yesterday, I believe, um, and is looking good, as far as I know. Um, again, mm. not, not had the pleasure of playing yeah. it yet, but no, uh, it's... But, um, yeah. It's quite a nice looking set, actually, because I think, mm. and I think it is. It's quite economical, really I believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> isn't well, it? Well, I, 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 I looked at the images when they say, "Oh, this will be up for pre-order," and I was like, oh, "It does look like a nice box," but then I thought of the first Titanicus box, which was like over five hundred bucks or something. Yeah, and I, went, I, I can't edition. possibly, I can't possibly. And then I looked at it like yesterday morning. And went, oh, it's only two hundred. It's like a normal priced box. Yeah, it is. <laughs> An extremely normally priced box, which mm. is confusing to me at this point in my life. I know it's um, it's it's yeah. it's actually quite scary because if you, I was I was sort of breaking it down, if you think mm. okay, okay, I'll be obviously using UK prices, but over here it's ninety pounds. Mm. If you get it yeah. from an indie store, that's about seventy. So, mm. and then if you think that this is some a box you could split with someone else because you know you're basically getting was it i think you're getting mm. two yeah two reavers two, two reavers two warhands and yeah. two serastus knights yeah yeah so in theory you could split that you know okay a smaller mm. force so you know you're talking 35 pounds to split that, oh, yeah. and, and that's not including obviously the rule book and all mm. the, all the extra gubbins exactly so yeah. you know you, you know what i mean you could you could get a real a, like really cheap because i mean i mean a reaver I think by itself oh, yeah. is that price. It's nearly, yeah, you know, it's, like <laughs> over here, a reaver is like almost half the half the cost of the box. Yeah, like the two reavers make up something like eighty percent of the box's price. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's really it's, good. It's scary actually because it it's one of those where you, you sort of think to yourself that you know when you're trying to resist, <laughs> mm. <laughs> which I've been trying to do with this game. Like, no, no, uh, I don't want you know because because again, it's one of those yeah. where I would love to get into it, but again, I don't think there's enough people around here where i live that play mm. it saying mm. that the local yeah. store were playing it local game store yeah were playing yeah. it recently like oh n- n- no <laughs> oh yeah see see my problem is i know someone who plays it oh he's nice and he's lovely and he's always painting and building warlord titans i know he has like a million of them but also i'm planning future night conversions and part of the things is i kind of need two reaver kits yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i could just get the box and play Titanicus with Warhounds and Knights for a bit and then chop up all these Reavers yeah. um, for parts, use their legs <laughs> to make arms and things like that. Um, but no, I mean, not just that. They're, they're really lovely models, and mm. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of doing a lot of lot of weird stuff this year, including, like, Dark Mechanicus stuff. So. <laughs> oh, nice. Useful, useful, useful for 40K-scale Dark Mechanicus, yeah. I feel. But, yeah. yeah no. uh, we'll see. I can't afford it right now, obviously. Mm. Um, but... It's a really nicely priced box, especially yeah. as you said through an independent retailer. I think it goes down to like two hundred ish bucks here, mm. which is mm. it's very tempting, isn't it? It's 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 mm. one of those where it's a never say never. Like I'm not planning oh, to yeah. ever get on board, but yeah, you know, the, the, well, it's a good place to get on board from. Exactly, <laughs> if and you, if you ever have to, <laughs> exactly. And I, I think the problem is, which is something we'll talk about in a second, is that some of these new titans are just so appealing you know you're like oh god i really <laughs> you're really hitting those buttons because obviously now as part of this new starter set they've also released the next book which is called shadow and iron and then on top of that there's a new type of 
Warlord Titan, I believe. Um, mm. right, which is uh, the no, war- it's not. It's the Warbringer, which is like the step between Reaver and Warlord. Ah, it's a yes. little bit smaller. Yeah. yeah. Which is looking great. And then the best thing, in my opinion, the Psy Titan. A Titan with yes. psychic powers. Like, oh, yes. oh The Warlord God. Titan piloted <laughs> by a blank, powered by Alpha Psychers. It's, oh, and it looks so good. With a... Uh, what was the description I heard? Was it's got a gun that shoots black holes inside of hell? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> oh god, this is really this is where temptation is really kicking in because it looks it so looks good. Amazing! Just that blank face plate yeah. does so much. So, it's to so good. It. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, and I'm, the I'm, gun looks like Eldar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does actually. It's. I, I mean, I must admit, I'm guessing the way it's worded. I presume again we'll find out soon mm. is because this one's the side titans being sold through forge world and now at the yes. moment you can get um a warlord titan because it's based on the warlord titan um mm. kit so basically as far as i know that one is like the 65 plast pound si- sorry the 65 yeah. pound plastic kit plus a 35 mm. pound or 30 pound sort of resin you know, add on yeah, basically. So probably. I imagine that's what they're doing with the Psy Titan, as in you, it's mm. basically the normal Warlord, but a resin upgrade kit to change the oh, weapons yeah. And, yeah. and the head and such like. So mm. I think that's what it will be. Um, I mean, I think, I think as long as they sell it separately, i.e., the upgrade kit, mm. then mm. you could do all right because effectively you could buy that from Forge World and then just get a normal Warlord Titan, hopefully cheaper elsewhere, potentially, you know, through an indie store. So mm. just to obviously just save yourself a bit of money because otherwise, it, you know, it, well, for context, that that Warlord Titan is, I think, 95, you know, that one from Forge World, if you include the, the kit as yeah. well. You know, and that's more yeah. expensive than, than the starter kit by itself. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know, just for oh. for context yeah. there. So, but it's very exciting, mm. I must admit. I oh, really yeah. like him. Look at that. <laughs> mm. Right. Okay. Uh, well, same era, 30K. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about <laughs> Horus Heresy. And again, yeah. we're seeing right now. When it comes to the naming of things in Heresy, yes. I, I must be. I, I'm. It's. 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 I'm liking it because it feels that that <laughs> some of the stuff we're getting in 40k recently, like you know, with your, mm. you know, your invictors, your intercessors, and such like. I'm like, yeah, okay, it's getting a bit yes. confusing now. Whereas, like again, with the, a lot of the, the the 30k units we're seeing, like now we've it's been revealed as part of this road to Thrasmus, the obviously we've mm. shown now getting a bit of attention towards the Night Lords, and now they're getting the was it the Contacar Terminator Elite, you know, it's like yes, Terminator that. Elite Ooh, <laughs> yes, yes it's please very descriptive um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will echo a sentiment from Kyrioth, which is if these are the elite terminators of the Night Lords, just call them the Atramentar, which is the thing in all of the Night Lords books, mm. is what these guys are called. Mm-hmm. And apparently, apparently, they are the Atramentar, but because they have a specific heavy weapon loadout, they call themselves the Con- like that's confusing. Don't make yeah. up another term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call them Atramentar Terminator Elite. It's mm. perfect. It's fine. But yeah, no, they look so good. They were oh. really good. I mean, I always forget how good Tartarus Terminator armor looks as well. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice, <laughs> it's a nice suit, isn't it? It's just they. Mm. I mean, again, at this stage, it's just like you can say you can see it's just like the prototype 
sort of screenshot of them at the uh, yeah. at the moment. But yeah, they look awesome. And I think what always makes me laugh with the heresy stuff with all these names is like they sort of just disappear. So between mm. thirty and forty k, all these things disappear. All these cool yeah. units and cool names and Volkite and and all these things. Yeah. Like, and then it gets to forty k and like, oh, where are all this cool stuff gone? <laughs> it's like, I mean, like so some of it's still around. Like Sakaran's still exists. <laughs> mm, true. <laughs> It's um, Karens and Leviathans and stuff are still technically, but yeah, we lost so much. Yeah, where's all my Volkite? Yeah, I want I want Volkite to come as engine wars and just everyone has a whole bunch of Volkite weaponry. Yes, please. <laughs> cool. Um, and also at the same time, they announced the Legion Arcator bombard with Morbus Heavy bombard. Bombard. Yes. So this is just Plague Burst Crawler ten thousand years prior. Yeah, it's straight up. Like yeah. they, they went from the, the Arquita Bombard initially was, that looks a lot like a Plague Burst Crawler without the Dozer Blade and with missiles instead of a mortar, and now they've <laughs> replaced the missiles with a mortar. So, like, <laughs> yeah. it is just, it's just a Plague Burst Crawler. Yeah, basically. I still feel miffed that Mortarian wasn't as original as we all thought he was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll just ignore that. <laughs> ah, it's fine. <laughs> cool. It looks fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice, nice clean kit. And again, I suppose Mm. they're just reusing, you know, that same that Sakaran, that reverse Sakaran kit, isn't it? Basically, yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Yeah, right. Okay, so the last uh, few things we've got um, a bit more old world uh, been shown Mm. off to a degree, which I I suppose I was a bit, I was a bit surprised at this because obviously they, I know they said that they will show it off, but knowing how long away it is, I didn't think to see something this quickly mm. um even though it's not that much so obviously they showed off the the map now uh, now it's interesting because uh, i must admit i need to i need to engage my brain a bit more when it comes to the old world because i've forgotten a lot of it because mm. <laughs> mm. you know only, <laughs> only have so much room up there and, and uh, i think from what i understand and what i've heard online is that people have looked at the map and have have sort of tried to work out which era in the old world mm. it was yeah um admittedly yeah. i did it was online somewhere and i i should have brought it up somewhere but yeah so, so <laughs> i i, from I, what I can't, I've, I can't yeah, remember what it from was what i've heard is the time of the three emperors which yeah. is much like a much like a real world history event the time of the two popes um is is it's a point that's not super explored in the old world's history if i remember correctly it's just it's it was in the background they went you know, like, 500 years ago, three guys all had a legitimate claim to be the emperor, so they all crowned themselves emperor, and the empire went to war with itself. Um, which is a really good setting for it, because it puts you decently back from end time, so no one has to worry about that. <laughs> and it helps focus this. I'm seeing more of what this could be as a specialist game, which is presumably what it's going to be. Like, mm. Horus Heresy is all about space marines fighting space marines. I have a feeling Old World is going to initially be a bunch of Imperial people fighting a bunch of other Imperial people. Yeah, um, yeah, could be. By different, different states at war, I think is how it will probably start out. And then if there's a good reception, you know, they're not doing a massive initial investment, but if there's good reception and the game is popular, which I have no fucking doubt it will be, <laughs> um, they can then expand out from there and say, oh, so while all the humans are doing this, the Skaven are here and the Dark Elves are here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and blend out from there. And I'm assuming if it's in 28 millimeter, all the kits will be Age of Sigma matchable. It'll be good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's a good idea. And um, oh, for those who want to know, the, the time of two popes was two people declared themselves pope, and that was a problem. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a I lot imagine. of interesting, <laughs> a lot of interesting papal history uh, that I think a lot of it is actually straight up mirrored in the old world mm. uh, background, if I remember correctly. There's yeah. lots of good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, history lessons, different times. Not right now. <laughs> We're in the news. Um, yeah, I think, I think as for your remark about confusion about hearing so early about this, they, I, my, I'm still betting they told us immediately after their pitch was accepted. They went, crap, we've got to tell everyone this is exciting. Mm-hmm. We want to get this out there. You know, people do want to know. Uh, and this is now we've nailed down the setting well, the setting was the old world, but like the setting within the old world of yeah. our initial release here. And this is them going, sneaky peek, here's when it'll be-ish, mm. comparatively to everything we already know. And yeah. Because the old world is so like mapped out, they can do that. They can pick a point in the past and go, there's not a whole bunch of information on what about what was going on in here, apart from this big event was happening, so we'll go with that. Mm. We can expand on that. And they, yeah. they've picked it, they're teasing it, um, it's see something in six to eight months time <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I i see i i think it's further along than they're giving it oh uh, yeah that's my gut feeling i think it you could be right that like I said you know not long ago when they announced it that the pitch had just been accepted and and now they're mm. getting on it i again my sneaky feeling is it's almost potentially the opposite where they it's, this has oh, been yeah. in the works for a while and it's just you know, they're just knowing that how long they do things in advance, even just the normal stuff, mm. like where they've got this rotation yeah. where like, you know, like with AOS, most stuff is two years in the making, mm. you know, so mm. the stuff we're seeing now is two years old it, from their perspective. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think that's why I was a bit, but then I, that's why I shouldn't be shocked really in in, in yeah. one sense, because they've already potentially got it already. Um, I, I, I truly believe they know what it's going to be. Um, in general, like they know what type of game it is. I don't, I don't think it's going to be the game that people think it's going to be. I don't think it's mm. going to be this rank and flank sort of thing. You know, I think it's, I'm not saying it's going to be a skirmish game, but I don't think it's going yeah. to be a, 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 like Warhammer Fantasy used to be. You see yeah. what I mean? I don't know what. I can't. I'm not saying I know exactly what it's going to be, obviously, because I wouldn't have a clue. But it, <laughs> it, I don't. You know, I don't. I think if you're you know, thinking it's going to be Warhammer Fantasy, you know, again, mm. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be a bit more specialised than that. And like you said, yeah. where you've got, you know, Empire fighting Empire and, and such, like, I don't, yeah, I think it's going to be a probably a bit different because, again, they, they sort of hate, not that it has to be, but I, if they just bring mm. it back just as it is, that would be a bit odd. You know, it would be a bit like, oh, okay, you know, whereas it by doing it, in a you know have you know putting something different in and you know putting a different spin on it makes it its own thing because you know because Warhammer Fantasy is dead you know regardless what I mean I know people oh, carry yeah. on playing it because also the rules yeah. are still available if you if you've got them but you know it is dead fundamentally so I don't I think that the fact that there could be pinpointing a particular era like I said like a, and and it sounds like an era that could be further back than people thought it was going to be because I, mm. I swear people thinking are probably thinking oh it's going to be almost like pre end times like just before the end times yeah. happened like that period I the fact it's probably further back than that you know again mm. suggests they've got a certain vibe they're going for like a certain era yeah. so we, yeah. and again it it you know it means that we can see things that we wouldn't expect to have seen in fantasy like i it's too you know 
again, a bit like what we're seeing with, with Horus Heresy, where they're throwing in units where, well, it was around this time. Here you go. These, these existed. Mm. Whereas again, with, with fantasy and, and the old world, if they throw it back a bit further, they can go, well, yeah, these were, these were characters at this time. These were mm. certain units at yeah. that time that were never in fantasy or you never, mm. they never got models or were never really oh, yeah. referenced because they, you know, they, they, you know, disappeared. It's evolution. So, and again, it's a bit mm. like mm. with 30k where you're seeing units where, now in 40k they don't exist anymore because they've just yeah. you know technology's been lost you know it's mm. not it was it's decided that it wasn't good it's not worth using anymore it's you know again mm. they could do that from a from an old, old world perspective where you know they they introduce stuff that was there you know hundreds of years before the sort of yeah, current absolutely. you know fantasy but mm. we'll see but it's, no, it's we'll good. See. It's good that it's good that it's still ticking over. Like that we are, we are getting mm. the old, this mm. odd little bit. So, again, I imagine that, like you said, it probably every sort of four six months we'll maybe get a little yeah. little sneak. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, last couple of bits before we uh, break after the news. So, uh, Warhammer Fest has been announced for this year, which is mm-hmm. going to be on the second and third of May. Um, I'll be going again, um, without nice. a doubt. Um, nice. Whatever. I'm still deciding at the moment what whether it'll be both days or one day. So if I'm caught, mm. you know, but obviously the guys that went last year and, and such, like we're going to start coordinating, you know, I think at the bare minimum mm. I want to go on the Saturday because last year I went just on the Sunday, um, which was yeah. good in one sense, but obviously all the reveals had already happened. So I'd like to be there when they reveal stuff and, getting the hype yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically um it's changed um changed venue from last year which is so it's back at the nec which is sort of one of the main areas that games day used to be in so i'm you know i'm not surprised it's back where sort of where it used to be um and yeah you know for some of us we're not that far away so it could be just you know mm. just drive there for the day etc so no very excited for that uh, i think the tickets go up sale tomorrow i believe yeah ninth so yeah 10th i think they go up tomorrow so i will hopefully be the reporter in the field (laughs) for the show (laughs) on our twitter (laughs) announcing whatever Mm. happens there and then so that's all uh very exciting um and last thing is we've got an updated community site which um has divided people i think (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) what's your thoughts on it at the moment uh it's all right. I preferred the old one just because mm. things didn't move around and it was very simple. <laughs> yeah. This one is more modern, which means there's a bit more faffing around to find mm. what you want. Um, yeah. It's fine. It doesn't super bother me. I can still find articles to look at, but uh, I was fine the old way as well. If, so, if But, you know, someone got paid to do a job, so good on them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I no, I get where you're coming from. I, I'm not a fan of it. I think it's like I said, I'm not finding things in the place that I would expect to. Mm. Again, I suppose it's an evolution really. I imagine that they they will, you know, sort out some of these things. I like I like the menu at the top now, I think, where it's got like list building tools and you highlight over it and then it shows you the different deck builders and mm. combat roster. You know, I think that's nicer. I think the way they've done that, I just think it's the just the main bulk of the page is a bit weird. Like I said, where they've got some yeah. scrolling across and, you know, especially for us when you're trying to remember what news has happened over the last couple of weeks for your show notes. <laughs> it's a, it's mm. not as easy as it once was. So, I, but I get, mm. you've got, you know, I suppose, uh, you know, you've got to freshen things up every so often. And I imagine once they start getting feedback for some of the things that aren't working out, 
they'll change it. You know, it's not set in stone, is it? Mm. So it's not the end yeah. of the world, but yeah, it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, that has been the news for today. Uh, so I think it's time for our, our next little break. And then when we return, we're going to step into the Garden of Nurgle. Oh, stinky. Oh, back soon. <laughs> Okay, here we go. It's time for it. It's time for Play Garden, one of our yeah. most loved of all novels <laughs> in the mortal realms. It's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I do like this one. So, uh, yeah, I've had my hot cross bun. I'm ready to talk. So, <laughs> so yes, um, as alluded to earlier, we're going to be discussing the novel Play Garden, which is an AOS novel by one of our favourite authors, Josh Reynolds. And yep. It's quite a couple of years old now, isn't it? I think 2018, mm. I think this one uh, came out. Let me, let me check my publishing date on the inside cover. Yes. First published in 2017. Ooh. It's getting on. It's three years Ooh. old this year. Oh, hello. Mm. Okay. Mm. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. Interesting. So, uh, as always, as we're going to be discussing a novel, spoiler warning, Realm and Ruin spoiler warning, do, 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 yes. do. We are going to be discussing stuff, but like Cameron just said, it's almost three years old. So, um, yeah. you, there's a good chance you may have read this by now, or if not, mm. you may never read it, but uh, <laughs> <Wow>. we'll see. <laughs> you should read it. You should yeah. read it, though, is yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> Definitely. So, uh, so before we talk in about it and our views on it, we'll I'll just give a I've well hopefully this is from the back of the book. Um I don't own okay. the physical copy, I can, but I can confirm if it's not. So you go okay. ahead. Okay. <laughs> um well, actually you can if you if you've got it right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well you can read it out then if you want. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <clears throat> All right, here we go. As the war for the realm of life continues, Lord Castellan Loris Grimmen leads the battered remnants of the Steel Souls Warrior Chamber against the Sargasso Citadels of the Verdant Bay. The hallowed knights claim victory, but at a terrible cost. Grimmen is lost to the realm of chaos. Now Gardas, newly reforged and fresh from the destruction of the Scabrous Sprawl, must lead his warriors into the fettered heart of Nurgle's garden in search of the Lord Castellant, where they must once more brave the horrors of the realm of decay. Dot, dot, dot. Dun, dun, dun. I, I, I have something that's completely wrong. I have something completely different oh, to that. Something no, completely no, different. <laughs> no, no, I'm only joking. No, that's exactly what I've got. Um, okay. <laughs> luckily, I managed to Google it because I've got the audio book. So I, I don't have a uh, physical yeah, copy. Yeah. So. <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> No, that's that summarises it, you know, quite well. Really, that sort of. Mm. I mean, if you had to, I suppose, put a sort of one line, you know, it's basically Stormcast in with Nurgle forces while they're waiting for Gardas to sort of rejoin the master. He's been reforged. Uh, Grim gets warped into the into the uh, the garden, and they go on a rescue mission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, saving Private Ryan and Ryan, but everyone's seven foot tall with silver armor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh. oh right okay well i'm gonna ask you the the age-old question Mm -hmm, what do you think of mm -hmm. it uh i think it's pretty good 
Um, when I first read it, I was pretty heads over heels for it. But now I'm a little older and wiser and having read <laughs> Josh Reynolds sequel books to all this kind of stuff, uh, Black Pyramid, all that, uh, all that kind of thing. It's not his best one. It's still okay. very good. It's just not my favorite anymore. And that's okay. Um, <laughs> I do take issue with how easily great unclean ones are being murdered in this book. Mm. This is blatant, blatant propaganda by Sigma. Um, <laughs> great unclean one would never fall to a mere Lord Celestine. I don't know if that's true on the tabletop. Don't, don't at me. I don't know Stormcast stats, anyone. Um, no. <laughs> it, it's really, it's really good. Um, it's, it's a classic adventure romp with horrible despair and decay and it builds a lot on the universe. And this is, this is what, a couple years after Age of Sigma came out, this would have mm-hmm. come out. Yeah. yeah. And th- this is, the, I think this is one of the books where Stormcast really begin to diverge from that kind of flavorless thing they had going on for a bit. It was yep. just, you know, their invulnerable, un- incorruptible scions of Sigma. I was like, no, no, no. There's all kinds of things going on with Stormcast and ooh, stuff falling over my desk. Um, <laughs> and uh, my feelings are so great, they shake the earth around me. No, um, and, and this, is a, this is a really good one. We get a little bit at the organization of various like hosts because the Hallowed Knights are not just the people under Gardas' command. There's like different, essentially, platoons, I guess, is the way to say it. Mm, like um, yeah. You've got the Steel Souls, you've got um, Cassandora's ones. You got all. You got all kinds of um, all kinds of mini armies basically under each storm host. So a storm host is more like an overall chapter slash regiment doctrine, and the the various smaller bits are like the companies basically chambers. Uh, oh, yeah. Chambers. Aren't chambers. They? Yeah, the cha- yeah. the chambers. Yes, that's what they are. Brain brain work good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, and we get a really. Well, I can't say really, really deep look, but we get a decently deep look into like the internal beliefs and thoughts and practices of, um, at the very least, the Hallowed Knights Storm host, and like of and the variation of individuals within such. Like, there's a lot of. I feel like part of the part of the pitch for this book was make every Stormcast feel unique and different, even yeah. though they all look <laughs> the same. Because um, you got you got these wildly varying characters, which mm. work together really well um, in terms of the overall story. Um, you got beautiful descriptive work, of course, some lovely stuff from the point of view of Nova worshippers too. Um, and yeah, it's just good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. you I, should read I, it. I've tried not to be too spoilery in this one yeah. description. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd echo that. Really, it's. I think for context for people is that, like you sort of alluded to, is that. This is like, I suppose we, at this point in AOS novel, you know, timeline, um, mm. we had had the Realm Gate War, you know, sort of section, um, which, mm. you know, I've said to you before is a mixed bag of, of novels, you know, when it comes to quality. Cause, but again, you know, you got to sort of take into account it was the early days of AOS. So it's sort of finding its feet. Mm. This is what I would class as the first proper novel that AOS had. Yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. know exactly. I haven't looked at the, I said the exact timeline, but like I said, if you look at the, the realm gate wars as the one sort of set in the scene, this is the first sort of meaty one, you know, where it sort of actually went mm. into a bit more mm. detail. Cause like you said, at, at, prior to that, the Stormcast did come across as a bit flavorless. You know, they were just, you know, mm. big men and women in, in, uh, you know, in armor and, you know, they, they died, they would come back and they were just the, the usual, 
you know, sort of mm. just heroes, you know, a bit, a bit sort of, a bit stagnant, a bit, you know, a bit yeah. mono, <laughs> the way they do <laughs> things. Whereas, I, whereas I think this one, I, I sort of get the impression that Josh was sort of been, was told or, you know, was part mm. of this as part of the editing process is like, right, you need to sort of flesh you know, this is now the opportunity we need to sort of build on the sort of basics that we've seen about Stormcast and obviously, mm, you know, to mm. come across in that sort of way. And yeah, I mean, it, I suppose, again, you've got to remember at this point, we don't have like the sacrosanct chambers. This is obviously pre-Soul mm. Wars. So that's not a thing at this point from a history point of view. So, you know, it's, you've got to put it into the context. This was sort of, um, and I think I think that's why I like this novel because it felt like after because I think I probably read it not long after the Realmgate mm. War books, which I've read most of them. I don't think I've done the last one or two, but you know where they were just again just a bit generic at times. Whereas this yeah. sort of was like, oh yeah. yes, this is what I was looking for. And like and obviously now in like you said with like Black Pyramid, which I've not read yet, which I must do <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I've got it. I just must read it. Um, I suppose we're, like I said, we're now a bit more spoilt with things. Like I, we're a bit, like I said, we're a bit wiser. We know things that we wouldn't have known necessarily when we read that we'd have read this originally. And, you know, if, if, you know, if you did read it in, in 2017. So, you know, I suppose that's the, you know, the, the beauty of hindsight in in this one, we can sort (laughs) of go, oh, well, but again, if you put, so that's why I think when we talk about it, we sort of need to put it in the context of the time, really. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. that we, you know, like we, when we say stuff, it's like, well, yeah, we know that. But then that's because we wouldn't have known it a couple of years ago. So <laughs> sort of the, yeah. you've got to look at it yeah. from that perspective, really. But, uh, mm. but no, I think you're right when it comes to the characters. I think that whether it's the Stormcast side or the Nurgle side, everyone everyone stands out quite well in this, I think. And and mm. again, I suppose that's a credit to to Josh Reynolds anyway, because he he's very I find him very good at setting the scene for things as well. I think he sort of he's very good at the details of yeah you know that you so you can actually visualise what what he's mm. talking about. Um, yeah. Again, I think this is one where the audio book was very good i think it was delivered very well <laughs> i can imagine yeah, yeah. you know it's the voice all the all the nurgle voices are amazing <laughs> especially got rot spume you know <clears throat> you know yeah lily lover you know sort of you know because he's obviously a pirate and he's a nurgle pirate is just amazing mm. you know yeah, yeah. And and the and then the order of the fly are amazing, you know. Fie, oh, sir, fie. You know? <laughs> it's, it's just it's delivered so well. Um, mm. And as you can imagine, um, most of the Stormcast have got um, you know deep hero voices, especially um, mm. Grim. You know, you know, yeah. get out of my head. You know that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so it, yeah, I re- again, I recommend it if you are going to check it out. Do actually listen to the audiobook because it's actually very well done. Yeah. Um, oh, good. So that's good to know. Right. Okay. So we've got a few things that we can break down in this book because again, mm. story wise, I I I think like the, what we said earlier sort of covers it. Really, I don't think the story. Again, it's not a criticism because I think the story is very good, but it's sort of, it, mm. it, it's again, like a lot of these novels, it serves a purpose. I think, you know, it gets, you know, it's an A to B situation. Whereas I think mm. the strength of this book is what we learn about the Stormcast. Um, yes. Well, um, obviously, particularly when we talk about Taurus and obviously this the, his yes. situation, which is very key yeah. to this book. Um, what we learn about Nurgle in general, and you may yeah. sort of learn some things that you don't necessary uh, you know expect with nurgle especially like the order of the fly mm. um yeah. so i think it's those things that really make this book more than anything so 
I think we'll talk about um, let's talk, we'll talk about the Stormcast in general. Um, so before mm-hmm. we sort of talk about individual characters, I think it's sort of quite. There's a few little bits that I noticed uh, that that really stood out. Uh, little things actually, um, like particularly mm. with the reforging process, because obviously that was yeah. a, um, given a bit more detail than like I said we would have had prior to it. Um, I think one thing that gets mentioned many times in this novel is the, about the characteristics of the Stormcast mm. in general. So obviously we know that obviously if they die, their soul goes back to Azir, goes back into the reforging and, you know, X amount of time, you know, could be days, could be months, could be years. They mm. come back out the other side, hopefully, and then fit back <laughs> into where they were or where they're needed, you know, depending obviously on the time scale. But one thing that, sort of gets mentioned a few times is like I said, what is what has happened to them and what potentially can happen to him. Cause I think it does make yeah. reference with Gardas, who's one of the main characters, uh, that mm. his, his hair has changed color since he's come yeah. back. Yeah. It was originally black and gone shock gr- white. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know is a little thing. We're only talking about hair, you know, it's not, you know, I mean, I mean, it, there's, there's still... some other changes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. cause like, um, he didn't emit light before he died. No, <laughs> which he does now. Yeah, <laughs> the soft, the soft healing glow of Stormcast Lord Celestians. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it, you know, it, and also when it comes to characteristics, you can. Mm. What I think you see for the first time in these in the in the novels is where there's a, this actual fear of what can happen to them. That mm. you know, obviously mm. prior to that, it's always, it always felt like, yep, yeah, I'm a stormcast. You know, I don't want to die because it's not nice. But if I die, I'll come back. Cool, everything's back to normal. Whereas obviously, this was the first yeah. hint, and obviously we know now is that things can happen to them in the reforge, and we know the fact that in theory, or a lot of the time, their memories can start going. But this one mm. in particular it makes reference to some of the characters where, like, when they come back, and it's like, well, okay, he's. Like, you know, they'll be talking about a certain character, like, oh, well, he's a bit quicker, but then he's a bit slower in some senses, or, oh, he's not as jovial mm. as he used to be, or, yeah. oh, he wasn't like yeah. that before. Like, these it's subtle changes, not massive. Mm. Um, mm. Obviously, with Gardas, yes, there was a bit more extreme. Obviously, like I said, his, hair's, his hair has changed colour, and he's now emitting light, which he wasn't, like I said, doing before. <laughs> but for some of the other characters, like I said, they're, they're now just you know, where, which only their fellow friends and other Stormcasts would notice. And it, it, it mm. must create this really weird situation. Imagine, obviously, you're a group of of soldiers, fundamentally, and that you that you basically, you know, you fight together all the time. And imagine when they come back, you know, you haven't seen them for a few weeks because they literally died and have been reforged. Mm. And then, like, mm. they're, like, 98% the same, or 95% yeah. or something like that. And then yeah. there's this little part of them. And then obviously mm. if you imagine, say there's a group of 10 Stormcasts and they're, and they're, they're dying at a, you know, a semi, you know, reasonable rate, whatever that is. Um, and, and they keep dying. <laughs> and then obviously they're, they're all at different levels. Like if someone's died like yeah. three times yeah. and this one's only died once, this one over here mm. is potentially going to be even more changed because they've died three times and you've got this weird sort of, you know, situation going on. What's it, I mean, what, what mm. do you think on it? Yeah, uh, I think it's very interesting. It makes them, it makes them, th- again, this is from the point of view of this is the first book really expanding on them. It makes them seem a lot more mortal in terms of there is presumably a point where you can't hone the Stormcast down anymore and Reforging will either fail or just create like a soulless automaton. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, like I said, a lot of it is like shedding things that aren't necessary for their role in a lot of, in a lot of times, like there's, um, one, I think it's one of the basic liberators is mentioned as he just doesn't talk unless you're, unless you specifically ask them a question or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like he just doesn't talk much anymore. And he used to talk all the time. And now, unless I give him an order or ask him a question, he won't say a word. He'll just walk along following us. <laughs> Basically it's like, yeah, that, that idea of slowly them slowly being stripped down and refined to what they need to be as opposed to what their potential to be is in mm-hmm. a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, adds that sort of, it adds stakes because if they die, they are almost, by the way, almost certainly going to come back but there will be a loss of some kind. Like, it is not scot-free in any case. Mm-hmm. Like, Gardas has died once, and he is so afraid of happening of it happening again, he will do, well, not almost anything to avoid it, because he does this very brave and foolhardy thing of <laughs> yeah, leaping headfirst into, into the garden, realm of yeah. Nurgle. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he, he very, very specifically um, does not want to die again. Like, he'll do his job. He'll do things to save his friends and fellow soldiers, but he he wants to avoid changing any further because, you know, from his point of view, he's already so far from what he was, which was he was a doctor. Yeah. And now he's the he's the military leader of a chamber. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's about as far apart as you can get. Um, And, yeah, the, there is this... It's, um, what is it, the Sword of Democles hanging over your head, and you're never sure exactly when it's going to drop but at some point it will and mm. it will you know presumably kill you in the in the actual metaphorical example but in this case forever change you like you know you could go through several reforgings and be mostly the same or you could go through one reforging and be entirely different yeah um and the and and it feels more real cuz the stormcasts have their own rumors about it like they they're talking with each other about it and you know you're going I heard so and so from this other storm host is a, is a lightning man in a suit now he doesn't have a suit, <laughs> proper body anymore and stuff like that. like you get that feeling of they're uncertain about it it really mm. comes across super well yeah. and and that plays into their behavior as a whole because they are keeping secrets from sigma like they have um mm. the the um hallowed knights in particular have memorial chambers Yep. where they mark down the histories of um, Stormcast who are being reforged or are otherwise lost, and they, they don't like Sigmar being there. He can go there, obviously, he's their god, but when he shows up, everyone's really shocked and confused, and it feels wrong to them. Like, mm. he shouldn't be here looking at us doing this thing, because this is not what he made us for, but we want to do this because it's ours. It's like this sense mm. of privacy and need for this memory of self that a lot of them feel yeah yeah it's 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 interesting that they sort of like they're holding on to what they what they are mm. and what they had before and like i said it's this odd situation where like i said they're not keep they're not you know they're not sort of trying to keep it away from sigma but they sort of are at the same time because mm. at the end of the day like, like you said <laughs> it's like well yeah you know it, i suppose it's like you know a parent coming into uh, you know, a, a mm. teenager that's sort of hiding, you know, something in their in their wardrobe. It feels like that, like yeah, mm. yeah, no, nothing to yeah, see yeah. here, Sigma. No, like, no, yeah, but, um, yeah. but it, I can see why they would do it because I suppose mm. you know, as as part of, even though you know, it, it gets mentioned many times in the novel about you know, uh, what's that line about? Um, 
uh, what's given to them. Um, you know, great, yes, um, oh, much ma- is demanded of those to whom much is much given. is given. Yeah, it's like it's that yeah. situation where obviously they, you know, they fully appreciate the the new skills and abilities and and power they now have. But I suppose you know, like you would naturally want to do, you want to hold on to your humanity as part of that. And mm. I suppose mm. when you're seeing it, what can happen to you know, like I said, Gardas is a perfect example where, like I said, one death and look what happens to him. I mean, it mm. it, it could even factor into how, I don't know, it never mentions this, but obviously he mm. he seems quite almost traumatised by what happened to him before because, I mean, it yeah. doesn't, you, know, you get hints of it in this novel. If you've read, again, the Realmgate War books, then you'll know a bit more about his background because basically he, he ends up fighting a great unclean one and almost getting eaten by a great unclean mm. one. Um, yeah. And it's, it's whole part of, to, it's all to do with that. Uh, Alariel, it's part of the, uh, it's to do with the, the like the gates of dawn and, and things like that. It's, mm. um, mm. again, it's, you need to read it to, uh, to sort of get some context for that. But yeah. it's almost like I said, it's this almost fear that he's like, he doesn't want to die again. I mean, no one wants to die, but it's almost like it's even like he's been so traumatized by what happened to him before when he did die and then what's happened to him mm. since. And like you said, he was just in his previous life, because again, it mentions it multiple times. He, and because he has flashbacks towards it, he, like you said, he was yeah. a healer. He was a simple healer in his previous life. Mm. And again, that's another, th- another key thing it stresses um, about the Stormcast in general is that at the end of the day, not, just because of what they are now does not mean they were some amazing warrior in the previous life. Some of them were, some mm. of them were barbarians. I mean, there's that, yeah. I've forgotten his name. He's part of the astral Templars that, um, ah, that, yes. that yeah. we see at the start and the end of the novel. And again, you know, he was, you know, basically a barbarian and, you know, he has the characteristics of it. But like I said, there's guys that were just like, one of them admits, like he says to the others, oh yeah, I was just a miller. And they're like, you were a what? Mm. Uh, a miller. <laughs> yeah. like, I used to mill corn. I'm like, well, what the what mm. what the hell is one of them? It's like, and again, yeah. it's because it's yeah. it's about obviously they of what they did against chaos. Obviously, they had a moment. It's more of a moment than of them being mm. a warrior. Um, yeah, and I think I think that yeah. often gets forgotten about in mm. current Stormcast law that they're you know that yeah. it's not about them being amazing soldiers. Uh, you know, and again in a previous life, yeah. I think it it sort mm. of uh, confirms that a bit more as well. Yeah, um, and they they come from all walks as well because you have like the opposite end of that is Cadoc Kell, who's like I'm the last <laughs> of a line of princes, mm. and during my mortal life I burned people at the stake for Sigma, yeah. and I'm yeah. doing it now because I'm a Knight of Zeros. I've got the burning lantern and everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's like apparently that's that's fine. Um, and I think it was Gatrog, one of the no guys, goes specifically, ah, oh, this guy's just super cruel. Like he's he's working for Sigma now. It doesn't make him good or nice by any means <laughs> yeah and that, that's actually a very good point actually and there's a there's a good parallel there where they where at times where like you said you use cardot cal as a as an example where for a stormcast he's actually quite nasty um oh, yeah. you know he's doing it obviously because i mean it says that he's so faithful to sigma um he would do mm. whatever is needed but he's actually got a real nasty streak in him uh com- compared mm. to you know your stereotypical stormcast which you know as you would expect yeah. but then the flip side is like some of the nurgle characters like gatrog are actually do mm. have 
you know, some good in them, you know, if you, if oh, that's yeah. the best way They're to describe redeeming them. qualities. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the lines are a bit blurred at times. It's not, it's not always mm. this sort of, like I said, this traditional good and good and evil situation. That's, you know, something that's not definitely the case uh, at all. I mm. mean, Calot Cal's, like I said, a perfect example of, of someone that's almost very anti Stormcast, really. It's just, but mm. what redeems him is his faith. I think it says that multiple times that that's what keeps mm. him. Uh, being a what he you know he's obviously good at what he does he's just he's extremely yeah. arrogant and has a real yeah. uh nasty streak but it's uh mm. no very interesting um so actually going on from calot cal because he's a good example yes. when it comes to how he treats uh tornus now tornus is a yeah. a very interesting character and very prominent one is of this now tornus uh the redeemed or t- formerly Torglug the despised <laughs> is yep, um yeah a very well-known Stormcast in the sense that he's the first to have been, you know, sort of from chaos brought back, you know, his soul to, to be, to fight for the Stormcast. So he's now, you know, formally, because mm. he, he's, he's got an interesting sort of um, start. Cause I think from memory, he's, he's part of the, Oh, I forgot the name of the tribe. There's the, the ever life something tribe, world? Everlife tribe, ever, something like that. Yeah, so, something like that. so fundamentally he, you know, not really mentioned so much in this book, but more uh, some of the other novels. He basically was, you know, a, a guardian of the of the you know the, in the forest and the, of this particular area. He ends, you know, mm. obviously gets attacked by Nurgle. I think he gets thrown into a pit, I believe. Um, and he, what basically how he's there, you know, in this pit of of, of mm. ruin, and he ends up sort of converting to Nurgle via that. It's sort yeah. of like I think it's yeah. like a. You know, he loses his faith basically, and you know, well, converts to Nurgle. It it's interesting because it never super specifies whether it was something he did directly. Is interesting, mm. like his his quote unquote fatal sin there was he was too enduring. Like he sat down there in that pit for weeks on end, mm. and always had faith that you know he would be rescued in some way. And when he and I believe the line is when he died, Torglug was born. So literally mm. at the point where his body began to broke break down, Noel goes, Well there's a bunch of endurance here. You know you're dying, your dying thought might be a despairing one and that's all that's needed to pull yeah. you over. Like it, it's never clear how voluntary that, that I mean, besides being thrown in a pit and kept there till he changed, how, how like super voluntary that change was, whether it was like his fault at all, um, which might be part well, of the reason he was the first redeemed. So. Well, see, see again, this could be, again, I, I haven't read the books for a long time, so I can't, but looking at the, the official wiki, it says, mm. yeah, so he's, that's it. He's part of the Everdawn tribe. That's it. Ah, yes. uh, so Tornus fought long and hard to protect those holy sites. When he was finally overcome, he was thrown into the pit of filth and every manner of foulness the Nurgle host could find was pitched in with him. Befouled in body mm. and mind, Tornus knew the only way to escape death was to embrace Nurgle. After 77 mm. painful nights, he finally gave in and was corrupted ah, okay. despite, or perhaps because of his stubborn heroics. So yeah, I think he sort of, yeah. I think he just lost, that's what I say, I think he lost his faith. He sort of just gave in mm. that, mm. um, and obviously, he demonstrated the things that Nurgle likes, like resilience, <laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but no, he he, he prevent, presents a very interesting character, and in, in this, because for, for many reasons, obviously, it's it's almost feels quite shocking. A you know a former Nurgle 
you know, uh, is is basically converted or has been converted uh, to mm. being part of the Stormcast. I mean, f- effectively, he gets. I think from memory, he gets killed by the Celestine Prime. Um, I think yeah. he gets obliterated by the, by. Um, oh, what's the name of the hammer? <laughs> Galmaraz. Galmaraz, that's it. Um, he basically gets, and I think it basically, you know, eradicates all the filth of his soul but and leaves the little mm. bit of good that's left in him, you know, and then obviously Sigmar takes that and obviously reforges mm. him and, like I said, turns yeah. him into Tornus the Redeemed. Uh, he's basically, he's a knight venator, isn't he, in this? Um, uh, yes. Guys yeah. with the... The wings, the bows, and the bird. Those and um, the bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's an interesting one on obviously on many levels, but a because of just what I've just said, the fact that someone can go from one side to the other. Um, mm. The other interesting thing is how he's treated by the other yeah. Stormcast. It's it's very mixed, uh, as you would imagine. Obviously, there's some that fully embrace him. Um, you know, like mm. Gardas. Um, there's some yeah. that can't stand him like Cadoc Hell. Yeah. Um, and then mm-hmm. obviously you get obviously all in between where they're not unsure of him. And it, it, it's funny because it, it presents the Stormcast almost in a, um, it's almost, it feels a bit like a race thing at times, you know, where like they're sort of, you know, mm. like an outsider coming in and sort of almost mm. like shunning him like, Oh, you're not one of us. You know, it's almost, yeah. That, yeah. you know, considering how sort of high and mighty, they are in their own way and how redeeming they are is that mm. that even even these warriors who you know are supposed to be pure and you know and fighting the good fight for sigma you know are still mm. very you know yeah you know very shunning of someone like yeah this. they um i mean it kind of makes sense they're not super tolerant of someone who used to be a chaos warrior considering they were built to fight chaos mm. and yep. all of them died fighting chaos but like yeah, it is, um, and honestly, it, it takes Gardas immediately, you know, it's like, you know, this is Tornus, Tornus, this is Gardas, and Gardas goes, oh, hey, brother, what's up? Mm-hmm. And they're the best of buds from then on, because uh, Gardas is the best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he really is. He is. Um, yeah, like, it, it differs from Stormcast to Stormcast, but the general feeling is he's not well-liked. A lot, and that is part of the why, part of the reason why he's seconded to Gardas's chamber, it's because Gardas is the person who will actually give him the acceptance he needs to be a good Stormcast, and you know, give, give him the chance to sort of prove himself to everyone else. Which mm. you know, is it's a bit of micromanagement on Sigmar's part, but you know, you got <laughs> yeah. you got to you got to make sure everyone's working well together. Mm. Um, and yeah, over the course of the book, I love Tornus because he shows not only that chaos can be redeemed but that stormcast can be corrupted at least to some degree as well mm-hmm. like um he he was killed by the Celestine prime all the evil of nurgle was burned away in a flash by galmaraz and he was reforged from the tiny I- iota of faith that remained and over the course of the book we go oh torgluk's still in there somewhere mm-hmm. and at one point he literally comes bursting out when yep. you know he reaches the depths of despair again and like it is it is impossible it is impossible in many cases to completely wipe out the taint of chaos but then mm-hmm. the message at the end is but you can always resist it and yeah. you know i doubt tornus will be going back into the realm of nurgle anytime soon <laughs> but presumably this is a thing that could happen again and again and again but his point is like he's got the strength to say enough is enough and to fight against it again 
which is yep. nice. You know, you are not me is literally what he's saying. Like, I'm mm. different now, even if I still have this little little uh, black seed of corruption somewhere in me, you know, I've got enough power to fight against it. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 I see. And, you know... Uh- Sorry. Yeah. No. No. I was just going to say. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say <laughs> that the um, the I think the by going back into the garden, it, it is a real test of faith for him. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, you feel sorry for him, really. I mean, he obviously mm. he does mm. take it on the chin, but the fact that he has to go back in there, it sort of it must be really. You know, it must be the temptation and the oh, yeah. and, and the and the memories that come with it must be horrific, really. Mm. You know, if you imagine, Absolutely. you know, he's got obviously you know the the stormcast around him who like i said you know some are not a lukewarm to him some are not very uh willing towards him at all and then obviously he's back in his realm so to speak mm. and then he's there fighting with them against them but obviously there's suppose there's that always that little bit where they're you know the ones that are uh quite hostile towards him are looking at him thinking well you know are you going to convert are you going to you know can we trust mm. you and and mm. especially at that point when he um chains up uh gatrog um, as part of yeah. you know a part of the storyline where he you know basically one of the one of the order of the fly gets taken with them um, because obviously he see you know he sort of says well I you know I was redeemed shortly that you know he Gatrog can be redeemed mm. which mm. again yeah. for some like God you know God is like okay maybe you know this may be a a thing mm. uh, whereas obviously mm. for the ones like Cadot Kell and such like that like, oh that's it look he's he, he's still corrupt look he's trying he won't even kill mm. the the ones mm. he should be you know and again it it puts a lot of um, I suppose a, te- a lot, yeah, a big test of faith on his behalf, but also a, a, a puts a lot of pressure mm. on him as well. Oh, you yeah, know, to sort of yeah. um, perform on on many different levels, mm. really. But uh, yeah, interesting. No, sorry, what were you gonna mm. say? Sorry, before I interrupted yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, brain, brain work, brain work, good. Um, yeah, and it is it is that part of part of Tornus' story. Tornus is really caught up with Gatrog's story in this, and mm. the two of them together, sort of a duality, work really, really well. Like, you know, um, Tornus is always, you know, there's, I'm not this anymore. Don't call me that. I'm not anything like you anymore. And Gatrod's like, come on, buddy. We, we, we can, we can run together on this. You know me. <laughs> I know you. You were, you were a hero before. Like, like Gat, that, that is really interesting. Like, this was, there's, there's a span of time enough that when Gatrog was a young knight and not the Lord Duke of Festivane, like, he's high up in the ranks. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Torglug was someone he looked up to. It was like a child, not quite a childhood, but like a, a an early adulthood hero of his. Like you know, we hear we hear all about Torglug. He went and he threatened Alariel herself, and you know he fought all these stormcasts and yada yada yada. And it's like, yeah, we should all be like him. Um, and it, it's a real don't meet your heroes storyline. Uh, every now and again as well, it's like you know he's <laughs> he's, but just just the way they talk like as well, like um, you know he he's Gatrock's always you know sorry, but now I have to kill you, friend, et cetera, et cetera, when um, Tornus first frees him from under all the rubble and things like that, and it gets up to, like, you know, what's happened to you? You're under some kind of Azerite curse. I know there's the <laughs> yeah. good knight in there still somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, just, just, like, come on, come back to your senses. Embrace despair. We, mm. we, are, we are right and good. Mm. And that, that is a hallmark of good writing, is the villains believe themselves to be in the right as well yeah like they, they've got a twisted philosophy but it's a driving one nonetheless but yeah. the um the final moments of redemption for gatrog is the best bit because it's mm. just you know Tor- torglug is literally ejected out of tornus as like 
it, it's the realm of chaos. This this stuff can happen and appears <laughs> and starts fighting all the Stormcast and everyone goes, all right, this guy was like, not quite a demon prince, but basically there, like mm-hmm. technically yeah. higher up on the scale in terms of like overall importance, maybe in a few cases, but like he's really strong. And the, the final blow is Gatrog killing him uh, because he swore an oath to the Stormcast to help and aid them. Yeah. And like it is that, um, what is it? Hope is the weed in Nurgle's garden. Yeah. Is the thing <laughs> yeah. they say a lot. Yep. And, and that, that hope is that like little seed of potential redemption. Um, and my personal fan theory is the only reason he get, didn't get taken up by a lightning bolt that second was because they're in the realm of Nurgle where that's not possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a good thought. I, yeah, otherwise cause... I reckon he would have been the second redeemed. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think that's deliberate really. I, I think, well, that, well, let's actually, let's talk about the Nurgle side of things. Um, mm. there's plenty to, to say on that. So like you oh, said, yeah. when it, when it comes to the, the garden <laughs> itself, uh, you just already mentioned quite a key thing is that mm. the as we know with obviously with the souls uh, for when a stormcast dies it should you know a bolt of lightning should uh, go up into the sky and uh, go back to his ear but like I said when they're in the garden that doesn't happen uh, it mm. literally is their their soul is trapped within their their dead body um, but there is mm. times when is it, it's Morbus isn't it the Lord Relictor uh, yeah um, sort of yeah. Ba- basically abs- almost you know absorbs their souls so he can basically mm. protect yeah. them and take them out with him um, mm. which yeah which is, is the job of a Lord Relictor he's yeah the priest he's meant to protect the spirits of the dead and mm-hmm. in this case he's doing it by holding them inside himself yeah um, which is which is interesting because like the Lord Relictor's roles and abilities in, in, in the book that are like, we know, you know, a bunch of rights. We know you control the storm and all that kind of thing. We know you can speak with the dead and all that kind of stuff, but there's all this secret shady stuff that Lord mm. Relictors know how to do that. They don't tell the rest of the Stormcast about. And this is one of them <laughs> yeah. is he's literally like, this is a secret, right? I learned because there is a nameless thing attempting to steal us away at our moment of death. Mm. And when he's saying that, um, there's this great bit where Gardas is like, your voice sounded weird and different and you looked like your posture changed for a second. And mm. again, fan theory, Nagash was looking out of him at that moment, mm. one of the yeah. souls or whatever, because like, yeah. be- because th- this is the hint to Nagash. Part of the reason to reforging uh, erodes people is Nagash is literally stealing, sliver- clawing slivers back off their Stormcast souls as they go to Azir. Yeah. And like, and the reason this is a secret right is you don't want to tell the rank and file that because they'll freak out. Yeah. Because that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not good. Nope. <laughs> like it, it's already bad. Like at this point, Nagash is already kidnapped and has begun destroying Tarsus Bullheart, also from the Hallowed Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so they know Nagash is a problem, but they don't know Nagash is like the problem, mm. except for maybe the Lord Relictors know. And yeah. so they have all these secret techniques at their disposal to try and combat that influence, which is also cool because, like, um, Morbus is super creative in this because he's using these things to protect souls from Nagash to keep them bound and transport them around and eventually save them from the grasp of Nurgle instead, mm. which is really cool. But I think also as well is it shows how fragile Stormcast are in general. Mm. You know, the no, mm. I don't mean them physically, but the the no. fact that that they you know they they like we were saying earlier they they keep their you know like in the case of the Hallowed Knights they keep their memories 
you know, it, you know, sort of away from Sigmar, just so like this is ours. Um, they're you know, so in case of Gardas, they're frightened of dying again because of the changes it can do. Obviously, like I said, you got Lord Relictors that are sort of got these secret rights that they don't want to tell the normal Stormcast mm. because, like I said, just in case mm. they freak out. So it, you know, it, it does feel that. Because obviously that's what the Stormcast are. They they were sort of made, you know, by Sigmar to obviously fight the good fight against chaos. But they mm. sort of felt like they've done with a big plaster over them, <laughs> like like it was done, yeah. you know, quickly yeah. and like, yeah, right, okay, they're ready now. It's like you know, <laughs> almost like they're a prototype at times, you know, that they sort mm. of like, yeah, they're fine, you know, and obviously oh. because he, that's what he had to do with, you know, to get, oh, uh, my God. Uh, you know, what that would be a great. That'd be a great like future Age of Sigma twist. Is it turns out the Stormcast were the Thunder Warriors, not the Space Marines, <laughs> and Sigma dun, just dun, slaughters dun. just slaughters all of them and builds a new breed of of um Stormcast that's like not got the fatal flaws of them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which in the case of the Stormcast is, as you said, they're super they're super vulnerable. They their entire mechanic of when we die, our souls escape our bodies and go back to base is cool, <clears throat> it means you can keep experienced soldiers around, but they were literally designed to fight enemies whose entire thing is we entrap people's souls yeah. and turn <laughs> yeah. them to our own use. Like, yeah. not just not just death, but also chaos. Cool. Loves ensnaring snows. Loves ensnaring, snow, ensnaring souls. Can't speak. Loves eating <laughs> souls. <clears throat> and, like, as, as, the age, as the Age of Sigma storyline has progressed, we've seen progressively more and more things that are really good at stopping Stormcast from coming back. Like, <clears throat> uh, Nighthaunt now have the Spirit Torments that have a, mm. they're a special weapon designed to trap souls inside a pair of chains and padlocks yep. and things like that. And it seems like almost every faction has something where if, if Sigma had taken a couple centuries more, he could have ironed out exactly how Stormcast worked and prevented <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, because like you said, they're like a they're a patch job solution. We only have so long to hammer these into shape. Ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> yeah, they 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 have flaws, which is really good narratively speaking, of course. Yeah, but like oh, absolutely, we we have that room for future improvement. Um, anyway, back to Nurgle. Mm, <laughs> we somehow got yeah. sidetracked back into Stormcast. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so the garden is interesting because it's as you'd imagine with the number seven. It's seven. It's a seven layers, isn't it? This garden. It's mm. actually not just yeah. one big plane. You know, it's actually no, sort of no. multi-leveled. You know, it feels mm. like a video game. Like you know, where they're like, ah, we're on <laughs> we're on the fourth level. Uh, we've beaten mm. this this mm. mini boss to get to the fifth level. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I love um, I love the way it's described as like a hanging garden, but inverted. So mm. it's shaped it's shaped like actually like Nagash's inverted pyramid, because yeah. um that you enter in at the top level on the seventh level at the top, and you delve deeper and down further into it until at the very bottom this weighty thing that's pulling the garden ever downwards is where Nurgle actually like lives it's mm. his house down there it's his manse I believe is the word they use for it yeah um and just just all the descriptions of not just the layout of it but like the general environmental descriptions is amazing but the best thing is there is this interminable never-ending just scraping sound because mm. all these seven layers are angled against each other and mm. are grinding on each other like a miller's stone, which is where that stormcast reveals. Yeah, I used to be a miller. That's exactly yeah. what it sounds like. Um, and just just imagining this awful, putrid, stinking, misty, disease-filled place, and then on top of that, it's just got a continual like nails on a chalkboard mm. sound, <laughs> and the background is awful. Like it is 
designed to sap the will, which yeah, yeah, obviously it is designed to sap the will. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the 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 level, <laughs> like the level of detail that it goes into at times is is horrifying, mm. but but oh, yeah. but lovely as well. It's the way it's described. I mean, I like the fact that going back to the level thing, the fact like the first mm. level, your <laughs> level one <laughs> is like where all the souls you know come in obviously it's part of the entrance yeah. and and then you've basically got these you know the the p- demons and or obviously fleets in some of these cases where they're literally just there hunting mm. for the souls they're like ah you know it's almost like this like you can imagine this sort of like a load of fish coming into the ocean yeah. but it's all souls <laughs> and they're like yep yeah, let's get fishing and it's like you know picking all these souls mm. and then when they get to the, like i think it's like the fourth level it's a it's basically yeah. a bunch of soul markets where they can where mm. they can you know you can move these souls on it's it's and then obviously like you'd imagine the further you go into the garden up the levels obviously the the sort or of down the levels or right down levels yeah that's right yeah. that way putting it <laughs> is um you know you're getting further to you know the end goal of it all and it's yeah i, I love it i love the fact the way that's it's not just a, a horrible garden you know full of nurgle sort of mm. stuff there's actually you know it it sort of it works in its own way it's sort of it's got its own it's got its own politics you know you've got like the yeah. the the, the, what's it, the court of ruination you know which is like mm. this sort of uh, mm. you know this uh this uh, <laughs> group of of super nurgle you've got like uh father decay mm. and then you've got the like whatever the, i can't oh. remember all oh, the names like the skaven one love and them. you've got yeah and yeah. uh you know and such like i love mm. the fact that they've got this sort of uh you know this court and i, I like the fact that mm. like messages are, are delivered by like plague drones you know they'll sort of be mm, they'll sort of mm. be talking and all of a sudden like oh wait wait message is coming in plague drone sort of lands <laughs> on their shoulder and sort of whispers mm. in their ear and such like it it yeah. feels very almost very zinch like at times like there's sort of a lot of backstabbing there's a lot of mm. um yeah a lot of politics going on between a lot of these uh <laughs> these sort of characters um but yeah i think it's so good yeah it really is it really is yeah, it well, it just like I said, it just fleshes them out a bit more. It may, it, it's mm. not, you know, I think the like we said earlier, the key thing to understand with the Nurgle side of the characters in this novel is that they're not all well, they are evil to a degree, but they're not all about mm. that. They're not all about sort of oh, we're chaos. Urgh, let's all <laughs> team together and mm. and be na- nasty. It's almost like you know, it's it's quite typical of Nurgle where it's about it is actually yeah. about life. It's about like I said, giving up hope and embracing you know ruin and, mm. and despair basically mm. and that yeah. you know that we you know but they still they will you know they're still they're trying to sort of gain favor with with nurgle it, itself you know where mm. so they are sort of like I said backstabbing and i mean perfect example gut rot spume who's part of, again mm. is one of my favorite you know characters you know your, your lily lovers um he, he's like a nurgle pirate with his pirate ship he who's who happens yeah. to be in the garden because he just ended up being there because he's actually he's sort of stuck as well that's the irony of it is that he's mm. you know he sort of come across he's he's actually looking for a crew to sort of yeah, to get yeah. back out but he's also while he's there he's like well you know if i can gain some sort of political you know, favor with Nurgle, you know, mm. I will, you know, hence why he sort of gets involved with the Stormcast and ends up capturing uh, Grimm in the end to uh, obviously yeah. take him to, uh, to Father Decay. And it's, it's, yeah, I'll, but I like, I, there's that really cool bit with the, um, with the witch where she sort of like, <laughs> she summons, um, like, again, I can't remember the character, some of the, like, it's a great unclean one uh, and a, and a yeah, Skaven. Yeah. 
uh, Lord. conference call. Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's a Nurgle Skype call. Um, where she didn't she like sort of like put a finger in her eye and sort of like like sort of pulls her eye out mm. and then sort of drags it along the the side of the ship and then like like these and it's great because like they're like well what do you want like you know it's almost like they've just picked up the call like what are you mm. disturbing me? what are you after well you know i've got yeah. a, i've got a juicy uh lord castant here that spume's mm. taking on the way i don't know you may want to know about it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh I, just, I love it i love that mm. side of things um uh. My my um, favorite is um, Fly Dandy. I love Fly Dandy. Yeah. <laughs> just this, just this Poxwalker with a oh, Poxwalker Plague Bearer with a cape and wearing yeah. like silks. Yeah. And then he gets to gut rot spume shit and he pulls out a handkerchief and puts it in front of his nose because I'm quite unused to these unrefined stenches. Yeah. They're much nicer <laughs> and down in the fourth level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got Nurgle judging other Nurgle on the smell. Mm. It's great. Your bouquet. Your bouquet. It's far too rough. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing at times. It, honestly, you're, especially when, especially with the Order of the Fly, mm. which we've got to talk about, is that you'll see them in such a different light. I mean, the Order of the Fly are fantastic and they are referenced in some of the other books like i think mm. even in um oh, which book was it recently i think it was um the one that i read scourge of fate the robbie mcniven one yeah. the um one about the varan and such like that they're they're referencing that as well and because i think one of them's fighting in the in an arena and mm. i love i love they've got the fact that they they they've they got this sort of you know <laughs> this templar <laughs> bretonian holy grail mm. you know mm. <laughs> they don't have the lady of the lake they've got the lady of canker canker wall is oh, their uh, as their lady who's got the what's it the the photed chalice or something like that, that yeah they, uh, yeah that they drink from they drink from chalices yeah it's it's oh. awesome but they've got this amazing sort of chivalry side to them which is absolutely mm. fantastic like mm. you know the prominent one is what's it gatrog isn't it gatrog the duke yeah. of festafane uh, yeah. Fi, sir, fi. Um, <laughs> that's one of my favourite expressions. Give me a blade, and I'll gladly end you here now. <laughs> yes, yeah. So you would attack me with no weapon, sir. <laughs> uh, fi, sir, fi. It's, oh, I love it's it. So it's good. so out of place, mm. but it's it's amazing because they truly mm. believe they are doing the right thing. Like I said, they're typical Nurgle. Mm. You know, they're they're bloated. You know, falling apart, decaying knights. But they've mm. got this honor, you know, honorable chivalry side to them, which, yeah, you know, like you said, yeah. like you mentioned earlier, with Gatrog, he, you know, he, 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 as a knight, he promises mm. to help the Stormcast out. It's because basically he gets captured, and mm. they, they, they also they promise him a, a, an honorable death, don't they? If if he helps guide them through the through the garden, and because mm. of that, he actually sticks to it, even though there's obviously part of him that doesn't want to because it's, you know, it's not, uh, you know, what he should be doing, but. He, he does it and that's what they they truly you know believe and and it's great because there's a few knights that in this that get you know that get that challenge the stormcast and obviously end up dying but again it's that <laughs> same thing like ah i'm the you know the duke of you know festifane or another you know duke of another yeah uh, area yeah. and this is that they properly challenge you i'm challenge you in you know in armed combat sir yeah you know? yeah <laughs> like probably like they should be twirling a mustache when mm. they're doing it it's, mm. it's, it's yeah amazing. they've got squires and everything like yeah um, Gatrog has Agak and is like, you know, hold my shield so you so you're safe when you announce my challenges and things yeah. like that. <laughs> but there, but you've also got like that other side to their culture where it's like the actual, not just the in combat stuff. There's like the the social stuff is kind mm-hmm. of interesting. We get just a few flashes of it because um, 
Grimmon is also corrupted and possessed in this, uh, mm. the Lord Castell, and they're looking to rescue because he cut down um, Blightmaster Bubonicus, yes. who knows the way of maggots, which is if you kill him, he possesses you and eventually corrupts your body and turns it into his body. Yep. Um, and so through through that, we get some interact- more interaction between them, and we get to see like flashbacks to Bubonicus's past, like when he first met the Lady of Cankerwall and they had a ball, like they danced mm. for like seven nights or something like that. They they have this like great romance, at least in his mind, it's this great romance and this wonderful chivalric, like honorable story behind them. And, you know, we had these wonderful days, wonderful nights. We built our kingdoms out, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just so interesting yeah, <laughs> I, I I just want a courtly intrigue romance novel set in set in the Blighted Kingdoms. It would be amazing. It really, um, really yeah. <laughs> and come on, Games Workshop. There's so much room for stuff here. Like when you get to fleshing out the model line for for um Rotbringers, maybe maybe bring in some Order of the Fly. Maybe mm. maybe a lady. Oh, maybe a lady that. of Cankerwall. Maybe she has to take the front line to defend her duchy for once. Yeah, or something like that. Because <laughs> yeah, oh, her description is so interesting. Because yeah, they well, they all obviously see her as this beautiful, not quite bridal, but like damsel figure. But then the description is always you know the soft clop of her hooves. And yeah, like, all kinds of stuff. Is like, well, actually, what does she I've, really look like? <laughs> I've got it here. Actually, I've got it. Uh, oh, yeah? I've, I've just googled it. So she dresses mm. as a noble woman of one of the jade kingdoms in a rotting gown mm. and a filth encrusted veil. Her hair a lank coil down her back. At her at her belt hangs a corroded chalice with boils and maggots in place of gems, and she stinks of mm. sour water, cool moss, wet shadows, and foetid rock. Yet underneath there is a mm. hot and burning odor. Yeah, like I said, she's just like so they they like like I said they're saying like oh she was so beautiful, and you mm. know and they're like mm. and they're like what? <laughs> <laughs> and even I think isn't that what, there's a, mo- a moment where Gatrog says to the Stormcaster, um, when like he, he shows, am I face, not handsome? That's it. Yeah. I, am I not handsome? Because like because it, it gets described that his face is literally just a skull with maggots and leeches mm. around it. He literally doesn't yeah. even, have, even have a face. Am I not handsome? <laughs> it's, mm. it's amazing. <laughs> it really is. It's so. Uh, place it's great um mm. but i yeah they, they they need to do more about the the order of the fly they're just so so oh, interesting yeah. they really are absolutely um, beautiful i love, love them so much apparently, apparently they um they might show up in nagash the undying king as well because uh, uh, i should know that I've read related it. chapters yeah the lady of canker wall is at least mentioned in that book uh, apparently yeah i must read that yeah <laughs> yeah it's, i gotta uh, read are, it so, yeah, they, yeah. Uh, what I mean is they deserve their own. Like to me, it'd be amazing to do a oh, full yeah. novel on them. You know, if it, uh, mm, but because mm. they are, like you said, they are referenced in in uh, in other books. Because and and what's actually quite interesting with them is as well to note is that they they're not liked by the other parts of the Nurgle mm, sort of mm. hierarchy. They're sort of you know, there's uh, they make reference. I think it's that the 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 witch that's in it. She's like you know like oh. Mm. Like, this bloody order of the fly, you know, it's like they're always, in, <laughs> they're always involved in things. And, mm, you know, they, mm. it's almost like, you know, even though they think they're amazing and well-respected that they're not actually, mm. they're not like, they're just, a, they're, they're just generally seen as a pain in the ass by the rest of yeah, Nurgle. Yeah. They're just, oh, and God, it, they... it's, yeah, it's like also like a philosoph- a real philosophical difference as well, because mm. a lot of the time the argument is 
you believe in chivalry and honor and order and what is that but the first seed of hope for something better of the world which yeah. is wrong you should never have hope that's 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 against our religion to have hope like you should wallow in despair all the time and just do whatever works because yeah. you know what's the point of doing anything else whereas <laughs> the order of the flies like they they love life they enjoy yeah. it to the fullest. Yeah. Like they are these amazing, like overblown Arthurian characters, just you know, dressed up in rotten cadavers. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think as well is that it 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 gives like it said. Well, it basically says it at one point in the novel where it basically gives them purpose as well. Like it, mm. it's their, re- you know, I think that like I said rather than doing all this all this other nonsense, it gives them a code to live by, and to mm. you know, like I said, they they it's almost like they know what they are. They're like, no, we've given up on hope. We've embraced, you know, uh, despair, and mm. you stick to these codes, and you you know, you're a knight. You're you know, you you, yeah. you mean what you say. You mean your words. You know, mm. you fight honorably in combat. You know, and yeah. you know, you uh, you know, adhere to the <laughs> to the lady, and that's the way they want things to be. And I think, I think mm. it's great. I think it's such a, you know, so, like I said, it's so out of place. And I think, you know, even model wise, it gives you so much inspiration to do your own oh, order yeah. the fly. Um, oh, which is yeah. actually very tempting. And um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just such an awesome part of it. Um, so going back to get rot spume, I, again, I yes. think he, again, provides another great dynamic because, again, he's mm. he's showing the, the Nurgle plague fleet side of things. So, again, yeah. you know, again, it just shows how diverse Nurgle is. You know, it's, they're not just mm. all plague bearers and, you know, just, pe- you know, just enemies falling apart. You know, you've got, you know, so mm. you've got the Order of the Fly, mm. noble knights. You've got, you know, gut rocks, you, and the, you know, you've got Nurgle pirates, basically. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and it's, it's awesome. Just shows how diverse oh, uh, they are. Yeah, I, I love I love his sort of inner inner thoughts about his current crew because you know he's got a plague bearer for a first mate who really loves <laughs> whipping all the oarsmen to you know get him going. But like he's he, Gutrot Spume is so ready to drop this guy because in his own words, demons get bored too easily. Yep. They don't mm-hmm. deal with long voyages well, so like they're super unreliable. Because it's Age of Sigma, you don't have to particularly summon them they can just be out in the realm sustained by the natural magic there but no one no one of any worth according to gutrot spume at least has a demon crew because they'll they'll get bored and start sacrificing the mortal crew members or something because (laughs) they're so focused on that one idea whereas a proper pirate enjoys the sea Mm -hmm. you know and like that that's his big motivation is it's great in the garden he loves it here in the garden the waters are very calm and boring he wants to go Mm -hmm. back to the ocean where yeah. like there's unpredictability and actual chaos. There's not just a, not just stagnation decay, which is I guess his own personal flaw in following Nurgle is that he does desire things other than the heat death of the universe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also it just show it just shows that he's it's just a means to an end. Mm. It, mm. You know, at the at the moment he's just he's just he's like not a believer. No, he's, he's just, at the end of yeah. the day, he's like you said, he's just using the demons as a temporary crew till he gets out back mm. on the oceans. Basically, you know, it's just like, oh, well, those, mm. these will do for the moment until uh, until mm. I get a proper, you know, proper crew. But uh, right, okay, um, I think we'll start wrapping it up now. Um, is there any other things you wanted to mention before we? Um, just right at the end, the description of what's in the bottom of the Nurgle's garden is insane. <laughs> <laughs> like it is because it's been it's been a physical place that you can sort through but this weight at the bottom 
is the entire universe, but like in 20,000 years time when it's consumed by rot. And then you see this blackness over the stars and see this shape that you can only see because it blocks out the light behind it crawling up the side of the universe towards the material area you're in and that's nurgle coming to see what's going on up there mm. it's it's mind-blowing it, it's it's what looking at a chaos god should be like it should be relatively incomprehensible yeah <laughs> like absolutely. It, it is this vast eldritch thing um he he technically shows up sort of in the middle when everyone first gets into the garden. Like you hear a chuckle and you look up and there's these two like rotten moons and this gash in the sky and you realize it's Nurgle laughing at you <laughs> as he looks down over the rest of the garden and then disappears because obviously he can be really wherever he wants. So like the the complete eldritch abomination of what Nurgle is in this is beautiful. It's yeah. perfect, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely agree oh, with that. Would have been disappointed if they got to the bottom of the garden and it was a big throne with Nurgle just sitting on it going, Oh hello. Yeah. hello. No, he's, he's not yeah. he, he's like a he's a primal motive force. He has agendas and everything, but he shouldn't have a character, essentially, yeah. other than what his worshippers give him. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it also shows at the end that he can be hurt as well. Obviously when hmm. Morbus sort of you know, dives in <laughs> into mm, into mm. the depths and obviously, you know, obviously which causes them to fully escape. But I think it mentions that that they can hear like the you know, the the parts of the stormcast uh, I think the ones sort of high mm. above can actually hear the, the, the mm. you know the, the moan of Nurgle as sort of he, he sort of what happens to his garden and obviously with the mm. the realm gate and such like. So no, it's again it's cool little nods to those sort of things where, you know, the, the you know they do have some sort of existence in the in the realms and you know and such mm. like but no the, i mean the level of detail it goes into at times is the well you just have to read oh, the yeah. book to to, to find these <laughs> out <laughs> uh, a couple <laughs> last things i just wanted to mention before we finish this section um again there's some yep. horrific moments like there's a, uh, moments going back to the was it the sardasso citadels where they've used silverneth yeah. to form the platforms like they've literally oh, bonded yeah. living silverneth together to go oh mm. you can be a bridge and things like that yeah. and and they're and they're putting them into as well as sort of slaves they're throwing slaves and silverneth into a big mm. pot which obviously is causing you know a big plume of uh, of, of you know <laughs> gas and mist and everything it's yeah mm. quite horrific um, and also there's I noticed as well there was a mention Again, go back to the, the Stormcast about like um, uh, Thunderhead and Devastation Brotherhoods as well. There's a little sort yeah. of where it sort of says again, this is more of a uh, an FYI where the the Thunderhead Brotherhoods are basically like your Liberators and your your, your Judicators, mm. and then your Devastation ones are like your Paladins and and ones like yeah. that. So again, it sort of shows again even how more diverse their sort of uh, fighting forces get to as well. So, but again, mm. it's again mm. it's a novel that's full of these lovely little little you know nods to things and and cool little facts and things like that uh, yeah. so no i think we're both in agreement this is definitely a novel that's worth checking out again it is a few years old so you know like i said there is some mm. bits which would be slightly outdated from a sort of from a law perspective again it's pre-soul wars but i think as mm. an individual novel as a you know as a an adventure because that's basically what it is it's definitely worth it for that and again you'll get yeah. that lovely josh reynolds level of of detail really <laughs> and it's you know it's it's one of those where so i think he does this with some books where they end up being longer than you think they're going to be but mm. not that's not mm. a bad thing because he's filling it with 
description of you know the place the people the characters and such yeah. like so yeah yeah definitely check it out i mean you can pick it up dirt cheap now because again it's a few years old so uh yeah definitely check out play garden it is got the realm and ruin recommendation and say that when you're <laughs> drunk right <laughs> okay <laughs> we're gonna take our last little break now um before our discussion topic and when we return we're gonna just see if we're gonna get psychic about psychic awakening back soon <laughs> Cool, right. Time for discussion topic, and we've checked off what factions are still yet to be touched by Psychic Awakening. <laughs> Cross-reference. <Yeah. laughs> we've got the same list, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so for this discussion topic, it was, it'll be a quite a short one, but we thought we would just talk about basically what's left for Psychic Awakening. Obviously, we know uh, as of now, Great Good is out next week. Uh, next mm-hmm. month should be saga of the beast which will be yep. obviously should be orcs and space wolves and then mm. we know well maybe in april we don't know for sure but obviously we're getting engine war Presumably. which is yeah. demons admech and obviously the two knight factions yep. both imperial yep. and chaos so obviously we're assuming that there's still going to be a few more after that and because obviously there's still <laughs> as of what we've worked out five factions that are yes. untouched at this point um, mm-hmm. I mean, a few you could probably the real small factions may get lumped in with them, but uh, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> so we'll obviously, see. I think we'll see exactly. So I think mm-hmm. we we sort of worked out that it's basically Death Watch, Necrons, Custodes, Death Guard, and Harlequins are basically yeah. the five that are untouched. Because uh, I don't mm. think Harlequins were in the first one. Um, I they don't. Were not. I mean, no, it was no. just the other. It was Craftworlds yeah. and Inari, Craftworlds uh, and Drakari. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, they've, so what I mean is you, you could, there's obviously potential for Sisters of Silence to be chucked in with the Custodes, for example. Mm. That's what I mean by, you know, smaller factions. Yeah. Um, and maybe Sisters of Battle will get one? I don't well, know you, if they were actually yeah, on the list or not. They were on the list, in but I, we, they weren't, because oh, there, was, there was Faith and Fury, but which they were sort of put as the, like, you know, when they did those trailers mm. with the, where they would rotate the, the symbols i think yeah sister battle were one of them but i don't remember them getting anything they didn't it. they didn't actually get anything in it no, no so it depends Which, if if yeah uh, it's, a, it's a funny one because they're quite new so oh. i don't know if they're mm. you know i mean maybe they're slated for the very last one who knows <laughs> yeah potentially yeah and i suppose another one i thought of as well is that i know in theory they probably wouldn't is ultramarines because i suppose you've uh, got because yeah. you've got dark angels <laughs> blood angels and space wolves all having mm. things and i suppose yes. a difficult and obviously if you look at them with ultramarines as the big four in air quotes um mm. but then i suppose the ultramarines are now these days are lumped in with raven guard imperial fist you know the sort of yeah codex yeah. compliant um mm. f- chapters aren't they really so i don't yeah. know if ultramarines will get something because they it well, depends which line they, they already they already got so much in Faith and Fury with mm. all the various upgrades to yeah. chaplains and librarians and whatnot, with all the stratagems and stuff there. They probably don't need anything. No, and probably not. I, I could also can't imagine the uproar if after all of that, Ultramarines also got something specifically for them to buff them up again. I know. I know. <laughs> after all this. <laughs> Tables would be flipped. <laughs> oh, I mean, because it would make sense to do Death Guard and Ultramarines. But... Yeah. Like, come on. 
Mm, is that a bit too easy as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, exactly. Yeah, no, you, you're right. I, that's why I put Ultramines as a question mark. I don't. I'm not saying mm. I think they will, but they're in that funny position that, yeah, and because yeah. they're Ultramarines, they may get something, but probably not. So, with the ones that are left, what sort of pairings are you seeing? Um, so I'm I'm seeing two groupings out of the five ish factions we have. It might end up being three if Sisters of Battle are included. Mm-hmm. Um, but my initial thoughts are we're going to have Custodes, Death Watch, and Necrons in one book, and then yeah. we're going to have Harlequins and Death Guard in the other. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, I wasn't thinking that. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So my primary my primary thought here is. Death Watch have to fight a Xenos faction in Psychic mm-hmm. Awakening because they're the yeah. Death Watch. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense for them to be fighting Death Guard to start with. Doesn't make a lot of sense for them to be fighting Custodes, obviously. So the only options are Necrons and Harlequins. Um, but my my big thing here is in terms of contrast, Death Guard and Harlequins are basically polar opposites on the tabletop. Death Guard's slow and tough. Mm-hmm. Harlequins very fast but very fragile. Yeah. Um, and also, the Psychic Awakening short story that everyone assumed meant Death Guard were in the greater good had the Death Guard fleet disappear into a wormhole and not reappear at the other side, which means either warp shenanigans or webway shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Theory, the Death Guard plague fleet accidentally crashed into the Black Library or something <laughs> like that. Okay, yeah. And, and that could be their Psychic Awakening is they... They find out the webway. Ex- well, they know it exists, but they get they they make their way into the webway, and the Harlequins are trying to push them out of it. Would be my idea for that pairing, and then obviously Death Watch versus Necrons, great, wonderful. Um, and then we put the Custodes in there because there's not really anywhere else for them to go. Although, if we have Sisters of Battle, we could have a book with Custodes versus Sisters, where a uh, where basically we finally get the religious schism that's been a building up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. some where some ecclesiarch snaps and goes, Gilliman is destroying the faith. He's against the emperor. He's a traitor. Sisters of battle, <laughs> go uh, go find Gilliman and kill him for us because he's a heretic. Mm-hmm. And they do. And the custodians attempt to stop them. Would be an interesting one. I somehow doubt they'll do that, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Could be fun. Yeah. It's interesting actually when. You do these parents because, like I said, I, I, in my head, putting aside Sisters of Battle, because again, they're a bit mm. of a grey area. I was putting Death Watch versus Necrons and Harlequins and Custodies against Death Guard. Okay, as, um, yeah, that could work. You know, Necrons as in and Death Harlequins Watch would work. Well, it was, I, yeah, I suppose I can mm. see Death Watch versus Necrons, not just because they're Xenos, but because of the tech side of things as well, mm. Um, mm. and also I. I <laughs> And I suppose I could see Custodes dealing with the Death Guard because, again, two quite tough forces. And also the Custodes have had, uh, on the in like, um, Plague War and Dark Imperium as well. Mm. You know, they've had, yeah, you know, they've had dealings with the Death Guard via the Ultramarines as well. So I sort of thought they would carry that on that, um, that while, you know, they're sort of monitoring the Death Guard, you know, whilst the Ultramarines are, you know, well, they're dealing with them in McCrag and such like. Um, mm. I, I mean, Harlequins versus Death Guard would be a real interesting one. Um, I suppose mm. I'm just thinking logically whether there's enough to flesh it out. Whereas I think that because Harlequins, you know, they are a small force in, you know, from a tabletop mm. and, and law perspective, I just think that 
I could just almost see like the Death Watch fighting the Necrons and the Harlequins getting involved in some sort of way. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. sort of just being sort of trickery. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the Death Watch being really, because obviously the Death Watch are really stretched. And obviously Gilliman has mm. realized that in recent times, hence why they got Primaris. Um, uh, such 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 like so i i think mm. that this is an opportunity for death watch to maybe get some more of the primaris stuff oh, um please. stuff that, which they really need i mean i, I just they need it, this it, spec op stuff come on yeah it, it bothers <laughs> me that they don't have like the vanguard <laughs> things mm. like that so i think obviously them dealing with uh necrons or, mm. or you could have it the other way where they're actually dealing with the harlequins primarily and then then the necrons mm appear and show up with shenanigans um yeah i I, yeah like i said i can't see death watch death guard because that wouldn't make much sense Mm. because obviously they need to be fighting xenos so i just think they're going to fight the remaining xenos and yeah custodies which i think i again my gut feeling is yeah death watch versus necrons versus harlequins and then custodies with some prominence to the sisters of silence because again it's psychic Mm. awakening um, yeah. them being nulls would make perfect sense to have some sort of say in this um mm. against yeah against the death guard really i think that just sort you of have psychers yeah yeah it. so it just i just think that's but i don't i'm not disagreeing with yours i'm just sort of just mm. thinking you know oh, yeah, I mean, no, no. we could be completely wrong on these so um <laughs> Wait a minute, Death Watch against Custodes. That doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, <laughs> our Custodes are made with alien tech. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, like I said, I can just see, like, I'm just thinking with GW's brain what they would try and sort of put in. So, mm. Um, mm. yeah. And also, I suppose it's thinking, we know that there's rumours of a, a Custodes codex version two isn't there that was leaked yeah. sort of a few weeks ago which could be a thing so i think you know maybe that'd be an opportunity i can't see the death guard getting much if i'm being brutally honest from a model perspective because they've got yeah. quite a big range anyway relatively speaking look, um, look, i want my death guard havoc equivalents call them blight bombards or something yeah. i just want <laughs> I, I want more than one model to be able to take a heavy blight launcher which is mm. the plague drone currently because yeah. it's such a cool weapon yeah, and I'd love to see like entropy cannons and heavy blight launchers as like a heavy support choice. It makes so much sense for Death mm. Guard. Yeah, come on, true. give us the goods. <laughs> true indeed, um, but I'm I'm sure we'll because we'll obviously they are going to start running out of the of things if they don't reveal these soon. You know, I think that mm. unless 40k has got something that we don't know about, which I'm sure they do, is obviously you know we are starting to run out of psychic awakening books. Mm. You know, as in we what mm. we already know about. So I imagine probably over the next month or so we may start seeing these books you know whatever these are going to be yeah. whatever pairings yeah. um and triple I mean, threats if, we're gonna have if they stick to one a month which has been their pattern recently um we'll see uh we'll see the rest of them before by about the middle of the year that make yeah because yeah because if if we do engine if engine war comes in april then, then you're talking may and june may and yeah. june really yeah so you'll be halfway through the year which, and then it's ninth edition. Yeah. Mark it on your calendars. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Cool. Okay. Mm. Well, how's our thoughts again? It's just, you know, just a few predictions at this point, but I'm sure we'll, like I said, we'll sit, start seeing what they're going to do with this. So cool. Mm. Okay. Well, that's been episode 46. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, yep. And before we finish, Cameron, where can people find you on the old internet? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Fie on thee for misspelling my hand. <laughs> Fie, sir. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, can, you can come chat with me there about various things. I'm tweeting about birthday depression because we're being opened about our mental health and my birthday's tomorrow and that mm. has me depressed as it annually does. Um, <laughs> it's a surprise every year and an unwelcome one to be sure. Um, <laughs> thanks, Brain. Um, but um, I'll be fine. Don't worry. You will. Um, and it'll be long gone by the time you're listening to this episode anyway, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at realm underscore and underscore ruin, where I post uh, whip and completed pics of my uh, various Warhammer projects. Um, cool. So swing on by there if you want to see. Um, yes. Of course. If you don't have Instagram, don't, I suppose, Uh, (laughs) I guess. Um, And where can we find you, Matthew? Yeah, you can also find me on that twitter.com at ninjabadger7, the number seven. Not the written word. Got, no. you know, just kept it easy, uh, memorable. <laughs> uh, you can also find our podcast on there as well at Realm and Ruin. And so, yeah, come and check out, you know, our pictures. Let's say what we're working on, my constant, you know, wall of grey plastic that I'm building at the moment. Um, <laughs> and like I said at the start of the show, don't forget to check out our mental health episode because it's, it's definitely worth listening to. And obviously, keep. Uh, ready for our second anniversary episode coming after this one and Mm -hmm. and like we were saying in our in our break we've got uh, quite a few things planned for the next sort of few months really episode wise you know so we've got a few Mm. things we're going to see hopefully like wrath the ever chosen sister battle codex Mm. things like that um but yeah as always we'll take it the year as it comes that's how we do things you know that's that's our that's our code order of the realm and the ruin um we uh we keep it easy (laughs) so uh yeah hope you've enjoyed this episode and as always we'll catch you on the next one bye bye bye